Welcome back, everybody. It is time to resume our live stream schedule. Fun times that we've had to take a short break from. Actually, we've had a lot of construction in our house. We were in the path of Hurricane Irma. That had nothing to do with it, though. We just had a completely unrelated bit of water damage in our house, and that caused construction, which, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. Record when there's contractors making lots of noise in your house. But we are back. Our house is all back to normal, and we're excited to talk some Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about normal. normal. Yes, Sean, (laughs) correctly putting air quotes on that. And it's really fun to talk about Jamie. We wanted to talk about him a couple weeks ago, and surprise, surprise, we didn't have enough time to talk about all the things we wanted to talk about. That never happens. (laughs) But this is the time for that now. We've got a lot to talk about with regards to Jamie. And to help us with that, we have a very special guest, Joanna Robinson. Hi, Joanna. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. I was so gratified when you put out the call on Twitter and you were like, who who in the Game of Thrones fandom likes Jamie? And a bunch of people were like, uh, Joanna does a lot, so you should have her. There were, there were a few so. other emphatic demands that they like Jamie the most, but, you know, people... Carried your flag first. That was like two, like less than two minutes later, that response came in. (laughs) Joanna, 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 Joanna. Like, all right, well, we've been wanting to have Joanna on, and this really worked out well. So, of course, someone with the name Joanna would like Jamie Lannister. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's all in the family, as the Lannisters like to say. We got a real quick, quick super chat from Rachel B. Star. Watching live from a Toronto subway. There you go. Very cool. <laughs> that Very is cool. awesome. Yeah, Ain't technology awesome. grand. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, of course, we have Ashea here in the, sitting in a different spot, the middle, which which makes yeah. a lot of sense. We've got an Ashea sandwich here. Mm-hmm. And Sean, of course, is back as well doing his thing. He's got a, what is that? A, is that a Pink Floyd kind of shirt You wore that last thing? time, Sean. Did I? I'm pretty sure. It's a popular <laughs> shirt. The childish side of the moon. Oh, yeah. The childish side of the moon. That's cool. Shay's got R2-D2 going, and I've got uh, the North Remembers. I don't have a Jamie Lannister shirt, but I'm happy to wear this uh, shirt by San Rixian, who is also uh, a a great artist. And she sent us this recently, and it got here in time for me to wear it for this episode, so that's cool. Thanks for that, San Rixian. Check her out. She's also one of our patrons, so three black us dogs. Three, three black, black dogs. dogs that's right. Three black dogs on Twitter. So, okay. Well, um, a couple other quick announcements, and we'll get going. One of those things is that the Blackfish episode, our first book only episode in a little while since the before the season started, is recording tomorrow. So, patrons will start to receive that uh, about a day or two after that, mm, two or three days after that. You know, it takes a few days yeah. to edit it and produce it and all that. I won't put a precise timeline on that, but it usually doesn't take more than. Three days, sometimes less, sometimes slightly more. So that'll be out soon. And, of course, I want to thank um, our regular patrons, including Jeff Gnarly, the Long Snapper, History of Westeros' first sword. And, of course, our Dragon Rider patrons, Lord Mark of House Joseph, the Snow and Winterfell, Rider of Masla Cartho, the White Dragon with green scales, horns, wings, and talons. Talanis the Talon, King of Gagasas, Rider of Talarius, a red dragon with scales, horns, and talons of Midnight Black. And Jinx of House Lier, Green Queen of the Rainwood, rumored daughter of a woods witch, writer of Erogenia, a sylphic albino dragon with amethyst eyes and opalescent wings. And that one's the hardest to say of the three. <laughs> on <So>. purpose. <laughs> yes, on purpose. <laughs> she warned me that it would be hard to say, and she was right. Uh, that's it for the announcements. We'll blaze through that pretty quickly. We'll start with Jamie going to Winterfell, because there's so much to say. Every character 
at Winterfell, just with maybe a few exceptions, and I'm talking about the major ones, not, you know, random stable hands, although he or she probably has an opinion on Jamie too. Yeah. But... He's the most dashing man in all the land. <laughs> it's true. The only one with a golden <laughs> hand, right? You rhymed right there. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> we have a super chat from Stephen Stark. Shea is still the best, and welcome to Joanna. Oh, thank you, Stephen Stark. Hi. That's right. That is his real name. I've pointed that out before, but it bears re-mention. He was at Con of Thrones, which is where we met Joanna, too. That's right. That's right. Yes. Worlds colliding. (laughs) That is Con of Thrones is where a lot of us met each other for the first time ever. And that is a wonderful thing about it. Shall Um, we meet again? uh, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need a trivia. I think we need a trivia rematch, right? I think so. I think so. We lose to you by like... One point, we're ready. We're ready to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was close. It had to be close. It had to be really close. Well, they already uh, recruited me to help with the questions next time, so I, I won't be a competitor next time around. That's so. oh, just it's not a true right rematch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm dodging that ball. Yeah, I'm like, go out on top. Uh, retiring a champion. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we could probably set something up. We could probably set something. Yeah, up. Yeah, we can have a something like a. Are you talking about like a private trivia? Ooh. Ooh, because maybe, that's maybe. fun. Podcasters only okay. trivia contest. I feel like there yeah. was enough interest last nice. time that they could have had like eight different trivia events. You know, yeah, like, that's like the whole con it's showed true. up to the trivia. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. It was really a big deal. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, places we could start with Jamie, but I think what we can do is we'll start with people, uh, the shorter list, which is the people that will actually be. Pretty happy or very happy or to see him or at least people who like him a lot. And there aren't many of them. So that's why it's a a decent place to start. The most obvious one is Tyrion, right? Tyrion's the one who's most obviously a fan of his brother. So let's get some... I just want to say here, to me, it's less obvious because of the books. Okay. I just You're right. put that out there. Fair point, fair point. Um, to me, Brienne jumps out as the most obvious one, but... Uh, in the show, that isn't the case. There is no rift between Tyrion and Jaime, but I also can't help but think about how this relates to the books and how, if Jaime goes north, how this could relate to that. Um, of so. course, yeah. And of course, the reason that this is so different, just for anyone who's maybe doesn't remember exactly, there is no fallout over Tysha in the show. In the book, of course, Jaime confesses the truth about Tysha, which is that it was all set up. And Tyrion, understandably, is very angry over that. <laughs> but that just it doesn't happen in the show at all. And then Tyrion lies and says he killed Joffrey, yeah. right? Just to hurt Jamie mm-hmm. in, in retribution. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I wonder how that's going to go. In yeah, the so they're too. very much Things are house, tense. Yeah. <laughs> very tense in the Tense in Lannisterdom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys... Were you guys... Were you guys upset that they changed that? Like, you know, I, I remember writing about it at the time when they changed sort of the parting of the ways of Tyrion and Jamie, And uh, I was like, it's, you know, it's even darker in the books. And then pretty much everyone I know who watches the show and doesn't read the books is like, I could not have handled <laughs> Being more darkness. It's just like Tyrion murders two people. Like, give me something nice to hold on, hold on to in that episode. At the so, time when yeah. it happened, I was bothered by it. Um, but more I was wondering wondering what the implications of it were, what it meant for where where Tyrion and Jamie's plot lines were going to go. I figured it had to mean that they needed them to be on good terms in the future. And while they were kind of on good terms in the future and it was somewhat important, I, I, 
I, I feel like they could have had it with how things happened, but I, it went about how I expected it to go, that they would connect with each other in the future. And they didn't need this extraneous thing to deal with. Yeah. I, I was surprised by it. I, I, more than I was bothered in the long term, it would bother me a little bit. But more, I was surprised because they had mentioned Taisha in an earlier season. So it was surprising that they didn't follow that thread up. Yeah, at a certain point they decided they decided to be like Taisha who? I don't I don't remember her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what you said makes sense. Like I think Ashea said it they planned maybe they planned this out and back in season two or whenever Taisha was first mentioned, they didn't they hadn't planned five seasons ahead right. and weren't like, Oh, you know what, we're gonna have to ditch this Taisha thing. Yeah. Uh, so Or even if they had planned five seasons ahead, they might not have fully anticipated everything that was going to happen. They came up with new ideas, got ran out of time. Mm -hmm. There's only seven episodes this past season, you know. Yeah. Maybe eight, nine, ten, we're going to be the Taisha episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be a three-part, it was a three-episode arc. Yeah. But it got cut. (laughs) Hey, isn't that one of the spinoff ideas? Where do horrors go? Where horrors go? Yeah, Yeah, that was from our, uh, the panel that we did at Con of Thrones. That's a really good (laughs) idea. Did anyone come up with an answer? Uh, yeah, to, to no one did, but uh, to be clear, uh, people who don't remember me talking about this on the podcast before, the concept was some women, some women, some sex workers in Littlefinger's brothel have reached the ripe old age of you know twenty six or something, <laughs> and so they retire mm-hmm. to a home together in King's Landing, and that's where horse go, and it just follows them like a Golden Girls style. Yeah, uh, the the, house. the the elevator pitch was Golden Girls, but retired whores from Littlefinger's brothel, and uh, I think it was my yeah. Storm of Spoilers co-host Dave Gonzalez who came up with the. the uh, the title, Where Do Horse Go? Yeah, it's just, it is really perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the ones that has stuck with me the most me uh, too. since that panel. I really liked it. <laughs> you could, the show would be abbreviated, it would just be called WWG for short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've heard of the WWF, now the WWG. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think in terms of, of the show, Tyrion is like, gonna be over the moon to see his brother right so and and yeah. then they can bond about their like yes or see is the worst how fascinating <laughs> that we never really 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 talked about that before like how so. why did it take you so long to figure this out jamie <laughs> oh because you're sleeping with oh them. Right. Mm. i i've had a thought recently by the way just one you just want to <laughs> uh, get one a year uh, i wonder how much jamie in his mind he's not abandoning cersei He's still helping her right now. He's still worried for her. If the North fails, she's in danger. He's got to go help the North. On some level, at this moment, maybe he's mad. Maybe it seems like he's abandoning her. But on some level, I still expect him to be committed to her. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the fact that she, you know, he thinks he's saving the whole realm. Or helping to end. She's part of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that a little bit. And but, a little unborn baby, too. True that. His, he wants the future of his child assured. Yeah. As, <laughs> as sketchy as that may be. <laughs> I, I'm, I think that the, uh, the actor, Nicola Costa Waldo, I think he gave an interview where he was like, have you ever been happier about someone being a deadbeat bat? deadbeat dad than, <laughs> than when Jamie rode away from King's Landing. That's you know? true. He gets away with a lot of things that other people <laughs> do get away he with. He really does. <laughs> it's that uh, golden hand privilege, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. In terms of Tyrion and Bronn interacting, I mean, I'm Tyrion and Jamie interacting, that's my point, is, is Tyrion going to ask, hey, did you just ditch Bronn? <laughs> 
didn't give Why him a heads bring up him at all? He'd have been a helpful it's up so here. So weird that Bronn's not on the road with him, right? Like, Yeah, I, I don't get why he would leave him when he knows Cersei seemed to have some kind of thing out for him. And when we know in a meta level that Bronn's not going to be in any scenes with Cersei. Yeah. No Jerome and Lena. So, like, I don't know how they're going to deal with that. Bronn's just going to show up. He's like, you tried to get out of here. They can CGI it. They can CGI it. Oh, yeah. Composite them in a scene. That'd be hilarious. No, I feel like... I feel like the smartest thing they could do is to, like, open season eight with Braun like, breathlessly catching up to him on the road, being like, forget something. Let's go. You know, like, there's there's no way you leave him at King's Landing and still have him in the show, it feels like. I do kind of expect that. I'm I'm a little suspicious of how this is going in the first place. I, could, I, I think there's a chance that Jamie doesn't actually get to Winterfell. That mm. something oh, turns so? him around. That, that no. Cersei sends guards out to seize him and bring him back. She do, he knows about her plans. She can't let that happen. Like maybe she's not going to kill him. I right mean, she there. knew that when she let no. him go, though. Like, I agree, but it's uh, on the same meta level that it doesn't make sense in King's Landing to only have Cersei and Bronn who can't do scenes together. Well, that well, that's not a sure thing, though, right? They're, they could introduce new characters. And, but what yeah. I'm saying is, in general, what is going on in King's Landing? Something's yeah. gotta. I'm, maybe they leave King's Landing and go north or something. I think like you're that, right but. to say it's possible, but I think story wise, I think it's virtually impossible. I think he's. <laughs> I mean, it would be such a false yeah. thing to do. Like send him north and then never not done send him before. north. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of unprecedented. No, it really would. Like to 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 set us up on a plot line that's not actually happening. I don't think that's. I can't think of an example of that. I would say that the Jamie falling in the water and the, yeah. that was a, not quite the same thing, but it was as close as it, it can come. We did I the same type of. of speculation we're doing now. Like, oh, yeah. now that this happened, let's just think about all the interactions we're going to get with Jamie. Yeah. They, they we, and we failed to consider the most obvious thing, which yeah. is that he yeah, just swims out. Just like, that's, just yeah. there is, I don't think we're missing river. some yeah. obvious possibility here. <laughs> we did not really consider it. I think I mentioned it as like, I guess it's possible. Yeah, we didn't not mention it, but we were like, oh, it's pretty far down the list. Like, oops, it's... Clearly I think Aziz is. Yeah. I think Aziz is right. At least that like viewers will be pissed if if like Jamie sets out on the road and then is back in King's Landing by like episode one of the next season. So yeah, so I think Tyrion's going to be pretty excited to have Jamie there, but he'll recognize that he's going to be one of the only people excited to have Jamie there, <laughs> and. Like it was with Winterfell, it's the beginning of last season, or I mean season seven. We we had to do a range of predictions based on well who's going to get there first is Bran going to get there before Arya is Jon going to be there when all these other things happen and so like the timing and the ordering of everything matters so much but really the only ordering here I think is certainly Jon and Danny are on their way to Winterfell most people are already there and including a lot of people that are going to have problems with Jaime and Night King is coming with his you know giant army and Bran knows this. So everyone else is going to know that. So that's one thing Jamie has on his side, that as much as anyone might hate him, they're going to be a little more preoccupied with this giant army of the dead that's coming. <laughs> and that might be like, you know, we'll deal, we'll worry about getting back at you later. <laughs> also, it would have been nice if Jamie, like, Jamie's welcome would be a little smoother if he rolled up, like, having mustered some troops. And not you just know? like, hey, it's me. I'm good at military <laughs> strategy. You want me on your team? Like, it would be nice if he had been like, hey, how's so-and-so? You don't really like Cersei. Come with me. Come on. Let's go. You know? Like, that, you know, it's the, funny because the, the preliminary outline, I don't know if you've taken a look at that at all, Joanna. But um, in that, which was, you know, before they'd filmed anything, Jamie does leave with a, an army. 
Oh, he, really? He, they write it that he leaves with it. And I, obviously they chose to change that for some reason, um, whether it means that Sean's right and Jamie's going to get dragged back to King's Landing and then he's going to leave with an army like or it means that he doesn't need it. I don't know. Or the army yeah, will just tricky. be with him next season and they won't ever explain it. That's more. Isn't that more on track with like sort of what the show is now? It's just sort of like, you know, we'll be like, where do you get that army? And they'll be like, guys, don't you know, they went and got the chain from behind the mountain and they just dragged there and it was fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Obviously, everyone just loved Jamie and thought he was such an inspiring commander. They yeah. just realized he left north and decided to come after him. We got a lot to do. We only got six episodes, so we have no time for this. Yada, yada, yada. But like, but honestly, actually seeing Jamie muster the troops would have been fun because one of the things that like book readers who love Jamie love is sort of the diplomacy stuff he gets to do in in like the later books right and so watching Jamie do more of that diplomacy in order to outmaneuver his sister would have been a nice reward for book readers right I see someone in the chat bringing up the idea that he could pick up troops from, you know, one of the many places the Lannisters might still have troops. They mentioned River Run. I don't think that they do have them at River Run anymore, but the point remains that they might not have all the Lannister troops at King's Landing yet. Wait, are you saying that Jamie Lannister is going to pick Ed Sheeran up in the Riverlands and ensure that Ed Sheeran is part of season eight. We can all hear. Uh, yeah. That's well, you Ari, here. Ari is going to be there, so they need to keep that train running, right? Keep there you her, go. Got to keep her from going back to murderousness by keeping Ed Sheeran around to keep her calm and happy. Right, yeah. She's like the Hulk, and he's the only thing that can keep her calm. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's amazing how much mileage we've all gotten out of uh, Ed Sheeran's appearance. Certainly more Poor than Jim. any of the other guest appearances, I think. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Even though so many of them were musicians singing a song, I like, think it's that's the, a huge percentage. I think that most of them were, I guess, all of them were bands known for being bands as a amalgamation of a group. You know, whereas Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran, right? If you have like <laughs> a, if you have yeah. like a drummer from Snowplay, everyone's like, I don't really know what that guy looks like anyway, and he's in the yeah. he's in the balcony, like he's in the rafters, no one's looking at him. Where Ed Sheeran's <laughs> like, I talk drummers now. Oh no, <laughs> much love to drummers. Whereas like Ed, Ed Sheeran's like, I got lines, I got lines. <laughs> I'm very ginger, and I'm here. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of the hair colors and stuff, we've got you know Amelia Clark has dyed yeah. her hair blonde for real. I think it's because she knows Jamie's coming to Winterfell, and she wants to look good for the Kingslayer, the I man mean, who killed her father. Who wouldn't? <laughs> or she's like. <laughs> Or she's like reminding him, she's like, remember how you used to be blonde? Yeah, this is what I <laughs> That's going to look, uh, that's funny. I guess she's trading places with, uh, with Sophie. Sophie is now wearing a wig instead yeah, of having, right. so they're just, you got to keep it balanced. You know, they got to keep that even. There can only be a certain number of, uh, wigs at any one time. It's like matter and energy. <laughs> you can like change them, but you can't destroy or create. This is, this is the unified theory of wig preservation or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tyrion will have to go back to his original season one blonde hair color that just vanished over the years. I hope not. But. I, I hope so. I hope he. Yeah. I hope he and Daenerys like dyed their hair together. Had like a, a like a tea. Like, they're at Winterfell. Be like that scene where all the boys are getting shaved. Yes. You know, yeah. Only, only they're there's all getting their hair peroxide. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
I see someone say uh, in the chat here, Viserys Sunbreaker says, "Does Danny cut her hair now that she's suffered a massive defeat?" Oh. Yeah, I like that idea too. Like a, like a call would cutting off her. It's a fun piece. theory. I feel like I feel like the reason <laughs> Amelia Clark's hair is short in that photo is like for wig reasons. Like it's just going to be easy to put extensions in her hair and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I have loved I have loved all of the theories about why her hair might be shorter and <laughs> the like cutting a braid off like a like a cow like that's cool. Getting it burned off like it gets burned in the books like that's a kind of cool yeah. theory too. I would so. love that, but it would be weird for it to happen so many years later after it hasn't. Right, yeah. but I would like, love it. And she's like, and she's like just on the neck. Can you give me like a nice cute a cute bob? Thanks, Drake. I think I, I know what's, what's actually happening. I think Cersei's gonna capture Daenerys and make her get the same haircut. <laughs> As Viserys. This is, this like, is, All Targaryens have to have that wig. This is what queens look like. Short hair. Short hair for queens. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess Tyrion will have to play advocate unless this whole Night King is so much of a deal that no one has time to care about Jamie, you know and he'll just be like yeah okay we hate you but you've got a sword hey a good sword actually that sword belonged uh never mind just fight help us fight and we'll worry about that later i Maybe- can imagine a scenario like the uh the brotherhood at east watch where he mm-hmm. at least at first they put him in prison and he has yeah. to make a case Tyrion has to make a case to- i think bran is going to be pivotal here yeah uh, I-, I i think that he's not going to care that jamie did this that I he agree. has bigger things in mind and i think he's going to speak on behalf of him and Bran's yeah. going to be like, if it was meant to be, if he hadn't done that, I wouldn't be this. <laughs> and I'm great now. So, um, but I, I actually love the idea of Jamie in jail because Jamie in jail is great Jamie, right? <laughs> Last time he killed yeah. a cousin, like, you know. But it, the the model for like uh, awkward interactions of old foes having to work together, we had a lot of that in season seven. So we could like look to some of that. You know, you've got like Tyrion working with Ilaria and he's like, yada, 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 you killed Marcella. <laughs> like, or Theon and John reuniting, like those things and like how they played out. And is it going to be like a tense grab you by the collar, but two episodes later, like I'm giving you advice on how to be both a, you know, a Greyjoy and a Stark, or is it going to be like, you killed my niece, I really loved her, my sister captured you, I don't really care, I'm glad you're gone, like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, so. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Asheus, about Bran being pivotal, a lot of people will be mad on Bran's behalf, but Bran will be like, yeah, I don't care. I, don't care. I mean, you know, so he's, you he's hardly even Bran anymore. Do you think right? Bran is going to share the the information that Jamie did this? Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Nobody really knows other than him. Nobody knows. He could say it and other people could get mad, but he could also not be aware. And he could also be aware and only talk to Jamie personally about it. He that's might, what I think. To Talks avoid to conflict, he might just keep it a secret. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Because Arya would certainly be like... I don't think Bran really <laughs> has... That discretion, or that that's what I was saying. I don't think he has that filter anymore. Like that, that diplomatic. Like people be mad. Like I feel like everyone's gonna be there. He's like, oh, you pushed me out a window. People are like, what? And he's you like, looked, oh, you, you looked so beautiful are you, that night. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> the sun glinting off your hair as you shoved me out the window. Um, yeah. Oh, Bran. Oh, Bran. But the other ally he has is Brienne, right? Like, Brienne, yeah, that's a uh, that's a huge one, yeah. But I don't know how much, I don't know how much sway she has. Like she has maybe some sway with Sansa, but that's about it, right? Yeah, that's true. She's not a. Mm. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't have a lot of influence on people. I, 
She has Pod, and I was trying to think of if Pod had interactions with anyone, but just Tyrion as well. She, so. she might have to swear with Arya. I think oh, yeah. I feel like she's proved oh, herself yeah. to Arya, Maybe. if you will. Yeah. That's, true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's um, and then there's uh, I I also really think John is fairly pivotal because mm-hmm. he's you know he's the king at this point, and John may not have direct problems with Jamie. I mean, Jamie made fun of him back in season one for you know being in the knights for going to protecting the realm and all that, which is kind of funny now that Jamie is. Come through, look. He's like, dude, I was wrong. <laughs> Sorry about that business I gave you back in whatever that was, like episode one, like actual episode one. Yeah. I think if you re- if you rewatch that, he gives him not to bring politics into your podcast. I won't do that to you, but like, <laughs> uh, what whatever side of the aisle you might be on, you might have noticed that Donald Trump has a very distinctive way of sh- shaking people's hands, which he grabs oh, it he does. and he pulls and he pulls it close to the him. Uh, Jamie gives that exact move to John in that yeah. scene. <laughs> right, that was a Trumpy. And, uh, yeah, the Trump, handshake. the Trump yank. Yeah. So. <laughs> John was so like, "What's happening here?" In that scene, he's like wide-eyed, like, "Why is he? I don't. I, I'm speechless." <laughs> yeah. But now, yeah. But I, I really doubt that John, given how how willing he is to forgive just about anything, as long as they're fighting for the cause, which Jamie clearly is doing. That's why he's riding there. That's the whole point of him being there. I, I feel like John's going to not care about some old insult from yeah. six seasons ago that that uh, Jamie's clearly, you know, going against himself by showing up to fight for this threat. That is a role that Jamie could potentially play up north if or when it comes to light that uh, John and Danny are actually related. Then Jamie's relationship <laughs> with Cersei <laughs> might be something that, you know, a reference point, something that maybe John hey, is... We- like incest. <laughs> Jamie's like Jamie's like to John Bro. Let me talk you through this. this yeah, <laughs> I've been doing this since I was real young. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly the same as an aunt and a nephew, but I still I got some tricks for you. I got some stories. Um, and and the, but the way that John, you're so right. The way that John receives him, though, I think will have a lot to do. With what I like, if he shows up with troops, then John is definitely going to be like, "We need him. We need his troops. Deal with it." You know what I mean? And I think even Sansa would too, because that's that was her argument for Littlefinger. So we need him. We need his troops. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) And some of them has an issue. (laughs) What troops? He didn't bring any troops. Brought Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's here, guys. It's fine. (laughs) He he brought a black horse. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter what kind of mood John is in. You know what's happened there? Has he just has he just learned about him and Danny being related? Oh wow! Or has he just learned his name is actually Egon? Yeah, he might be distracted, <laughs> which could be good or bad for Jamie, really. But uh... yeah, again, it's a conundrum of what order things happen. And you're right; personal feelings matter a lot here, just like it does with John and Danny themselves. John's own feelings on incest, or his own feelings on his own parentage, and Danny's feelings on you know their personal reaction. It's not just like the law. And, you know, just what should happen or what's right or wrong. It's a, you know, a lot of this is just how they're going to personally react on a very basic level. And uh, that matters a lot. I don't think the math works out this way at all. But I think it would be funny if Jamie showed up to Winterfell before, like, Daenerys or John or any of those people. And he, like, gets yeah. there and Arya and Sansa are like, hello. And he's like, um, <laughs> did they not say that I might be coming? No. <laughs> I'm here to help. He'll be like, hold on, guys, you need me. I'm the Kingslayer, Night King. Night Kingslayer. <laughs> yeah. You need yeah. me. 
Sansa thinks about Jamie. Yeah, I do wonder what Sansa thinks about Jamie too. I was going to say, I think for a couple reasons, she will be an advocate of Jamie. One, I don't think she has a specific re- reason to, to dislike him. Her time at King's Landing, she was never slighted by him. Right? Yeah, she didn't know he about him. He killed Jory. They all like Jory. They all love Jory. Fair, fair. Yeah. Did she know, though? Yeah. She did. Okay. Yeah, because Jory, Jory was killed in the street, and, and uh, that was... Net. Well, it's possible she doesn't know in the show. She definitely knows in the book. Okay. They talked about it. Okay. But I don't know why she... I don't, I don't, I don't see why she would know. know for sure. If she yeah. Did. yeah. Uh, but the other reason, so that maybe there is that. But that still is... I don't want to say this. I don't know what Sansa would think about this, especially with perspective. That wasn't a slight against her. I remember, also, Sansa is very, very much the most worried about Cersei. Yeah. So, trusting right. Jamie is it's not a, just, you know... A point yeah. against her or in favor of it. I, I could see I it either way. I She's not see... very trusting. Yeah. That's so true. I can definitely yeah. see Sansa being like, uh, he's is this here a trick? to spy. Yeah. yeah, he's here to yeah. spy for Cersei or something like that. And yeah. Jamie's like, but, no, she's gone to get the gold cloaks. And she's like, lies. Yeah. <laughs> I could also see her being like, hell yeah, we took out one of the things that's most important to Cersei, Jamie. I could, I could see if her being convinced with that. Additionally, she seems to be similar to John in the hey, we need to prepare mode. Yeah. Right? Yes. We don't have time for these petty squabbles. we got to get food. You know, she maybe is a little more focused. She hasn't seen the undead yet, but she still has this yeah. preparation for winter leadership role. She tells Arya, look, we can't go around chopping people's heads off. We have to lead. We have to manage. We have to coordinate people to work together. I think that she'll want to absorb Jamie in. Yeah, she's changed a lot. You're right. That's a great point. Like, she has matured a lot, and she is basically a different person in a lot of ways. Since season I mean, she's st- seven, episode one, when she wanted to throw children out of their house. <laughs> <laughs> Sansa did yeah, a lot a of more hardcore. She she grew up a lot in like three episodes. But that's fine. We're racing towards the end. It's fine. We're all here for that. What's but, funny you know, is yeah. uh, it's funny that Tyrion. We come back to Tyrion here. He might be able to if Sansa has trouble problem with Jamie. Tyrion could be the bridge because Sansa has fairly positive. You know, will have a fairly positive outlook on Tyrion being that. A, he's already on her side, given being, you know, Danny's hand. And he treated her, you know, pretty well, all things considered, with regards to their forced marriage, you know, uh, especially given her perspective, you know, how, uh, how terrible all her other marriages and other men have been <laughs> to her. <laughs> Tyrion is like, by comparison, he's, you know, the best thing possible. Obviously, in a, in a vacuum, it wasn't very ideal at all. Sansa would not have married him at all, but yeah. still. Um, she tr- I think she has some level of trust with him and yeah, that might help I think so although I, I feel like she's going to have some distrust or jealousy or envy or something towards Daenerys mm. and he's yeah. close with Daenerys so maybe she'll it'll cause conflict a little more there between her and Tyrion than you might expect so something I want to say real quick as we're going yeah. through these different uh, assessments I think there's actually I think it's appropriate to look at it from two different perspectives. I think there's going to be a first contact reaction, right? Like their initial, when they meet, what they think, how they get along. And that might be connected to things like we said, like their emotion at the moment, like what they're going through, which is if John just found out who he is or something like that, that might be different. But then there's going to be a more, I want to say long-term, even though long-term might be one episode later. But, you know, once they've had some time to hear Tyrion's argument, to hear Jon's take, to rest on it, to sleep on it yeah. for a day, to get new information about Cersei. I think that they will have an initial reaction, but they'll also have a 
uh, how they end up reaction. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like I like the idea of throwing him and ma- throwing him in the cells at first, and then someone makes a case for him and he's out fairly quickly. <laughs> something like that. yeah, because especially if like you guys suggested, like they, he gets there before John and Danny's whole entourage <laughs> arrives, and we know that they're not traveling at. at max speed because Danny took ship instead of going by dragon and if they're bringing armies with them that slows it down yeah that really slows them down if they've got to pack up dragon glass first yeah etc mm-hmm. it seems like they would have packed that up but yes hmm. um so that's so there's, there's some other interesting people that are involved here too let's throw out some other names We've talked about Tyrion, Brienne, and John. Uh, as John's a possible advocate because he's so focused on the goals. He forgave Theon. If he forgave Theon, he can probably forgive Jaime. Um, although Theon has done good things already. Theon already saved Sansa, and that's if remember that's how John greeted Theon. He's like, "If you hadn't saved Sansa, I would kill you right now." Um, Jamie doesn't have a- anything like that. Like, if you hadn't done this, you know, there is no. He hasn't done a super, you know, like a majorly redemptive thing to well, like he kill helped, himself. He Has helped he? Tyrion escape. And that's true. I, I, and yeah. he pretty much let Bran and Pod escape from River Run as well, right? Like he could yeah, have caught that's them. True. And gave her the sword. That's and true. no one else is aware that he saved King's Landing during yeah. Robert's Rebellion. But I think Bran could be aware. Mm-hmm. Sure. Bran might bring this up. You know, Bran might bring it up. And I, I think it would be neat to see Jamie not even have to defend himself because he because other people. Brienne's honor, you're right. That's actually maybe we should give Brienne more credit than we first did because you're right. Like maybe she, she doesn't have a lot of authority, but she is known to be honest. And if she vouches for Jamie, like all that going that far back, like to to talking even about not even including Aries, that's a big yeah. one. You're right. But I, I just her mean too, like by the way twice, right? I, I just mean him her, her him keeping his vow, yeah, to to try as best as he could to try to keep Sansa and Arya safe. Like Brienne would be like, look, I'm the I, I'm out here. You guys know that I was trying to save Sansa and Arya. The reason I'm out here doing this is this guy right here. It's true. This guy right here. <laughs> this guy with the gold <laughs> hand. Do you think there's any, before before we get to the other people on the list, do you think there is any shot that we get to see Jamie sort of incognito for at least an episode or two? Cause, <gasps> because he's got the glove on his, like, he's going to try to not be recognized as Jamie. So are we going to see him interact with like soldiers on the road or go to the inn and see hot pie or something like that as like incognito. That glove is interesting foreshadowing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That was, that was, that's some interesting little visual storytelling there. He didn't just ride off by himself. He, he covered the glove. He's wearing, you know, wearing, I said, I was almost said wearing a black horse. <laughs> Riding a black horse. It was, it was a real fashion statement. <laughs> Dothraki. It's Dothraki style. Nice. Yeah. Trying to it, fit in. It might be an opportunity for him, you know, like Arya did some like quality eavesdropping last season in the inn, hearing people talk about the set blowing up and stuff like that. And so like, it's a, it's an opportunity for Jamie to hear some things, maybe. Like, maybe if he does meet Lannister soldiers in the Riverlands, he can find out, like, what they actually think of, you know, Team Lannister or something like that. That would be so. neat to get the perspective of the average soldier talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of curious what it would be. Would it be like, 
it's about time the Lannisters finally won a victory. Man, our, you know, <laughs> I have such pride in our people, and I wish we could order them. They're like, why are we even in this war? Hey. Cersei's so terrible, you know. Yeah. You know what I realized? Jamie was easily able to pretend to be a Dornish man before. He could yeah. be a Dothraki. <laughs> he can clearly pull it I off. I always forget whether he was Cooper or Darnell. But. Yeah, I don't I remember either, but either way, he was, uh, you know. That's the other reason he needed Bronn with him. They could just do their <laughs> duo, their duet. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just traveling singers. So we have Bran, who is you know, kind of uh, an unknown, but we I guess we sort of guess that he's probably going to fall on the positive side because of how big a deal the Night King is and how Jamie, by comparison, is pretty petty. But if we think back to Bran's, she had touched on this briefly, if we think back to his flashbacks, his visions, he, you know, back in season six, he saw the burn them all thing. And maybe that is the dot to connect here. That that all this time they were setting up Jamie going north and Bran knowing about that and being prepared. To, maybe that's what they were setting up. I, I could see that. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, that's always been a little bit puzzling. Why is Bran seeing that particular thing in the past? Like, it, how does he relate to this? We saw the wildfire firsthand with the little kid and Lancel. We didn't need to see it through a vision. So... I that's a little bit puzzling. It's a little bit it's 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 it smells like um they had something planned here that they were keeping kind of subtle. It could be just a maybe a reminder and yeah, to I think set up the parallel to Cersei blowing up the sept. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. But there could be some more depth to it. I mean, some people dig really deep and come up with theories that that was the three-eyed raven telling the Mad King that he's supposed to burn his on. You know, like, that's I mean, definitely yeah. the theory that's out My there. My least favorite theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it makes perfect sense for Same. that, for you guys, what you guys were talking about, for it to have just had to have significance within that season. But that going forward, next season, it will continue to have significance because Bran has seen this event. Yeah. You know, it, it's telling us that Bran has seen this and he'll have something to talk to Jamie about with it. And also, you know, it's something we mentioned during the season, well, especially at the end of the season, because we didn't know until the end of the season how little Bran's powers would be used this season. I mean, he looked back on R plus L equals J and he kept an eye on the Night King and his army. That's it. You know, I, I thought there would be more flashbacks, something more related to some other things. I don't think we can say that because there weren't many in season seven that there won't be any in season eight. I think there's, it's pretty likely that we will get some things, but maybe. Yeah. And if they can find themselves to just one or two types of visions, more like important plot points, they don't have a lot of time. This would be the one to focus on, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. especially since they've already sort of set it up with the previous vision. I'm, I would love a ton of flashbacks in season eight. Like, I think it would be so cool to get, like, I almost want them to lean really heavily into the flashbacks and do, I, I talked about this, I think, elsewhere, but like a, a Lost-esque sort of like parallel between Robert's Rebellion and what's going on here or something like that. Mm. So you just like get Ooh. to see a lot of the characters we like and a lot of the history we know uh, via Brand's flashback. I think that would be so fun. I don't know that they're going to do it, but I think it would be really fun. It's, I got Sam. I mean, Sam can be like, hey, uh, he's got all his old books. He's like, hey, check this. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. throw this page. Check that. Throw this up on the projector. <laughs> Show me what this looks like. Yeah, Make exactly. season eight just all of Sam and Bran. That's it. I'm, That's, I'd be I'm fine with that. I'm so happy that Bran has Sam now to like make his scenes make a little bit more sense, I think. so. What, yeah. What's their <laughs> ship name? 
Bram. This is Bram. They're Dracula. Branwell. Bram Stoker. Branwell. His name is Branwell. 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 That's genius. Branwell. It fits in with his long-standing serial theme too. Branwell. You know, Joanna, I constantly predicted last season or season seven that there would be Bram flashbacks. I I thought that's just like. The extra yeah. time of each episode, you know, the usually episodes are an hour-ish, and these are all over an hour. I thought those minutes over an hour were all going to be brand flashbacks. And every episode, I predicted, okay, this oh, time, no. this episode will be the. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sean, ten kept being seconds. Yeah, just disappointed every week, man. That's yeah. I'm so sorry. So now I mean, you set me up to be disappointed next season. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, you know, I guess we shouldn't forget that Brand did like rifle through the little finger file, so we did do that. We didn't get to see it, but he did that. That's true. So, but good then, point. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. You're right. But they're wasting. I agree. They're wasting this fun possibility. I mean, I'm on History of Westeros, so I got a plug for like, <laughs> give us more history, right, of <laughs> Westeros? Yeah. I mean, he's shown that he can look back to the birth of Night King. That's ancient, ancient stuff, oh, right come there. Come on. Yeah. You know, another meta thought that. They have all these uh, spinoffs in the works. What a great way to set them up with flashbacks. And I even wonder if maybe that's part of why we have this big delay so they can start coordinating casts. You know what I mean? If he's that would be flashbacks, so cool. If get all the actors of- from this can be in the new spinoffs, right? Just a quick Damon Blackfire or a quick, like, <laughs> couple of dragons fighting in the air. Like, ooh, Drance of the all, Dragons. All of, uh, all of Bran's flashbacks are actually backdoor pilots for all the other spinoffs. <laughs> if I'd not, it. maybe someone listening to this right now will be like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I wish they would do that, but TV shows never seem to do that sort of thing where they like you have the cast, you have the people, you have this ability, you just film someone, put it in like a, a you know, in a Google Drive folder, like save it somewhere for later <laughs> and have it. But it doesn't seem like they do it. I, I clearly don't understand everything about television because it never happens my mind is really spinning on this idea of them giving a teaser for one of the spinoffs with the flashback i don't know that the timing works because they're so in development at this point and they're not all of them aren't going to get made but if they're just like really sure by the time they start filming that one of them is like a front runner maybe they could just throw in something that kind of works both ways like it's also like somehow relevant but it can also work (laughs) as a a teaser there's all sorts of ways for them to do it without even getting into spending budget or money or having to decide the aesthetic of the show or anything like that. They can just do a reference to it. They can, you know, focus on it a little more like that. That's true. So they, I think they could do it regardless. If they know what they're going to cover, I think they should incorporate mentions of these historical events in the show no matter what. I think that, that makes perfect sense. Which, I am assuming think- that they will have a... Hmm. The, the, whatever flashbacks we get will be relevant to the story we're watching now. Yeah. But right. if one of them was also going to be a spinoff, yeah. let's get the same actor to play the role. Let's get know? the cast. I like it. Well, that's that's um, yeah, why that's I thought of Dance of the Dragons or Blackfire Rebellions because those are both like, you know, two different Targaryen claimants at the same time. You know, I don't know that John and Danny will go to war, but it's that, it's this concept is, you know. Yeah, I just think it's so unlikely to get Blackfire Rebellions when agree, yeah. Um, yeah. we're not going to get Duncan Egg. And they're so tied we're to each other. Dunkin egg, yeah. Um, yeah, like don't don't cast a bunch of randos and put them in blonde wigs in season eight, <laughs> and then 
cast some actual actors and make me pretend like I didn't. You didn't use randos in season. Yeah, eight. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many characters had that went that way in this show? I guess Beric Dondarrion was one of those where there was just yeah. a rando, then they actually cast him. Yeah, and then yeah, it's was, hard for uh, me to say if I whether they were randos because like we were really into the show, so we like were paying attention. You're like, here's Beric. Yeah. Oh my god. Or like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't want to say that you know the old Tommen or the old Marcel. Those aren't randos to me. But no. Essentially, for what you're saying, they are. If they were thinking they were going to recast them, it's the same thing. Yeah. Someone without lines, basically. Yeah. You know. Uh, we got a super one. chat from our friend, Pinum123, who says Summerhall flashback. Ooh. That one would be particularly wow, great. Wow. Now sure. you got me thinking that would be yeah, awesome. Just show like wildfire melting down. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Man. That's Especially smart. if we're thinking. If we're going to have characters that we know, I mean, I've seen people speculate about like a young Tywin show or anything like these are there certain characters that we know about that don't have to have to do with Robert's Rebellion necessarily. Mm. I thought that Robert's Rebellion would be a good moment for them to pick because it, they get to include characters that the big audience is already familiar with. They yeah. can still have Ned Stark or whatever. It, was, it seemed but, like the most obvious call, but they've they're, they've adamantly said it's not going to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, for one thing, there's not a lot of fantasy in that. There's not going to be any dragons yeah. in Robert's Rebellion, so that's Very one true. slice of audience that they'll miss with that. So. Which I think is why the uh, Dance of the Dragons is a popular. Yeah, dance suggestion. seems really popular. Yep. Because if they want to really play off the cinematographic elements, yeah, like the whole dragon action, the wider They're fandom like, really likes that stuff. You guys love dragons. You love blondes, right? We got a lot of blondes and dragons for you in our new show. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just calling it blondes and dragons. So please. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I heard you like lines. Just yeah. give the dragons some wigs. <laughs> put it out there. Blonde <laughs> dragons. <laughs> Blonde incestuous dragon. Blonde <laughs> yeah. dragons can just be the name of the first book in the series. The next one will be brunettes and wolves. <laughs> and then redheads and uh, fire. What are they? Lions? I don't know. What? What? Krakens? What's the bears? Name? Fish. <laughs> yes, yeah, redheads fish. and bears. That's the Tormund and We got a super chat from Aaron Hibbig. Thank you. That's Thank you, it. Aaron. Thank appreciate you. that. I appreciate it. Uh, Very much. Um, okay, so let's see. Where get back to the uh, page. <laughs> Who else's reactions will be interesting? We yeah, like we said. So Brienne and Bran can verify that. Well, Brienne can say it, and Bran can flat out verify that Jamie did try to save King's Landing. So this might actually work out for Jamie in a way that he never would have seen coming, which is that his saving of the realm that no one could believe can be proven by somebody that, you know, he didn't he, think existed. Like kill. how Yeah, yeah, somebody that he tried to kill. It's like, man, I'm glad you didn't die. You're the guy who ended up like proving that I'm right. a good guy, except that I am not a good guy because I shoved you out a window. Okay. How does that work exactly? <laughs> no, as you said, I don't want to distract you from your track too much, but you just made me think of something I I can't believe I just haven't thought of before. What do we think Jamie's plan is? Yeah, what's he going to do? Who does he anticipate speaking to when he gets there? What argument do you think he's going to make? Does he think that they might arrest him? It didn't occur to me to think about what his intentions are when he gets there. Does he really think he's going to show up? Hey, guys, I'm here to help. Okay, come sit down at the table. We'll talk I, about our plans. You know, I think good two things. I think, one, that is what he expects. And I think, two, he expects Tyrion to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my a good two point. thoughts, but I think he—I think he just expects that. I, I don't—I don't think Jamie is a terribly troubled, you know, anxious type of person. Maybe he's not aware that the brand is there. I guess 
right? Like, yeah, like that's how much does that change when he shows up and Bran's yeah. there? It's like, oh, I think you know, he would. Be maybe that's when he goes incognito. Like if Bran was there, and, uh, you're right. I think if he yeah. knew that, he would be worried a little bit. It would, yeah. I think you're right about the Tyrion thing. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, Bran's there, but now Bran knows everything. Bummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and Littlefinger just got his throat slit in court. Right? <laughs> yeah. These little bits of news that he might get along the way that might make him second <laughs> second guess his plan here. Right? <laughs> That's true. Another super yes, chat from, from Stephen Stark. Stark. Which Game of Thrones cast member should be on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Who has the fastest feet? I don't know. I, I, I would Cereal, say Syria Water Pharrell. Dancer. Yeah, Ooh. I would say that. I was picturing like Oberyn Martell. Oh, oh that's Pedro. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, like of oh, oh, yeah, we're talking about cast member. I was thinking of the actual character. Oh, character. <laughs> they did say cast member, so I, I should have thought about that. Um, I feel like she wouldn't do it because she's too famous, but but maybe years from now, and if she doesn't do anything else, uh, Maisie Williams would be amazing, right? Oh. She has a background Ooh. in dance. Yeah, it's just her dancing. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That's she a could, great she point. She dance with have a whole season. Do you, know, do you know that, by the way, Sean? What's that? that? Maisie Williams is a dancer. Oh, I back dance background. Yeah. No. There's a real, so there's some good videos of her out there doing her dancing. Oh, yeah. i have to check that out. You'll have to look at it, yeah. It was before Sean was into social media oh. that this all happened. He got on Twitter within the last, you know, six months or something. Welcome so. to the side. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> He's constantly like, just, just give me a minute. I need to look at this thing on my Twitter feed. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be more than that. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of at a loss for, for words here. I can't think of who, who else would be a good Dancing with the Stars contestant. I just keep thinking of... If we had the Drogon voice, if we had the voice, we can have uh, you know Robert Ash, uh, Roger Ashton Griffiths, base of base, <laughs> dropping the uh, yeah. My answer is all of them. I just is think it should so- be a whole season or Dancing with the Stars with the cast of Game of Thrones. They should have dancing, a dance off, Dancing like, with the yeah. Starks, pants off, dance off for the whole Dancing time. with the Starks. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that was her joke. How did I miss that? That was her joke. Not mine. So let's see. Let's bring in. Let's introduce another character into the mix here. Make it more complicated. Um, someone like say, let's let's you let's bring us somebody who probably doesn't have a strong opinion either way. Because maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe we should have a strong opinion on this. Like Masande. I don't know that Masande has a lot of opinion on Jamie, but she yeah. might say be like, damn, that guy's handsome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe she should be on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> But um, but she would counsel, you know, she would certainly want to counsel, you know, everybody working together on this great threat. I would think she hasn't been a she wasn't a big part of season seven, so no, um, she's kind of getting famous on her own way. She's also generally not like big with the opinions. Generally, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. She's not going to like put forward an opinion if Daenerys she asked her. Be. She should be. She should be. I'm yeah. not saying she shouldn't be, but like it was only when like Tyrion's like, "Hey, let's make deal with slave traders," that she's like, "Yeah, I have an opinion on that though." <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, she generally just waits for Daenerys to like sort of ask her a question, you know. So <laughs> we'll say Daenerys asks her though. Say yeah. that they Jamie comes, they have this initial meeting, they decide to lock him up and talk about it, and then Danny goes to her chambers and says, "Well, Miss Sunday, what do you think? What would Miss Sunday say?" Hmm. I think she's going to say, "Look, it's a new time. We've got new issues. Transgressions of the past are being forgiven." We should accept his help. That's, yeah, that's what I would predict from her. I, I think, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, I could see maybe if if she's just so mad about him killing her father that if Daenerys Masande is mad, wouldn't yeah, that Masande wouldn't argue too much with that. She's like, well, she's mad. I'm not going to try to change her mind. But 
she might kind of try to put things in perspective and let that do the work for her, you know, um, not just flat out say, oh, you're wrong about Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I don't I think don't... Danny will be mad about it either. No. You know what I mean? I, I think that she, she doesn't have a particular emotional attachment to a father and has admitted that he was a bad person. Yeah. She understands that he is, was a menace, you know, so I, I do expect her to use it as leverage. I expect her to put Jamie in his place, mm-hmm. but to not actually care. Does that make sense? Hmm. That makes sense, yeah. What do you think, Joanna? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, with Daenerys, I mean, I, I don't mean to like jump ahead in your notes, but I think um, <laughs> if 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 Daenerys is going to care about something, it's not going to be her dad dying. It's going to be like the Lannisters trying to kill her, right? So, yeah, you know, she's going to be like, what did you think <laughs> when <laughs> Team Lannister sent assassins after me and my child? And uh, James would be like, oh, I was... And Dorn at the time, I don't know, he wasn't, <laughs> but he could say that. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, I don't remember Jamie ever really saying anything terrible about Daenerys, you know what I mean? Like, before he met her, he did try to kill her with a lance, but, you know, it was the heat of battle, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? She tried to kill him with a dragon. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she tried to kill him and all his friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, we both tried to kill each other, so we're even now. So we're, right, we're good, so. right? You basically won. I'm here supplicating myself to you. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah will he bend the knee? She'll demand he bend the <laughs> knee. I think, you Thank think you. he'll bend the yeah. knee? I think he will. Will she so. demand that? I feel like Daenerys is like, yeah. I'm, I'm, that was so season seven. That's so season seven of me. Right now I'm I'm on team let's kill the asshole who killed my dragon. Right? Like that's her most important thing. I don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah, if he had actually succeeded in mm-hmm. killing her dragon, I think that would change a few things. I think it would change a few things, obviously. But yeah. um I also think that again, it can't be understated how pivotal Bran is gonna be here if Danny meets Jamie without Bran around and she says, Well, you killed my father, you know, I can't let that go. If Bran's around, he would say, No, your father was about to destroy King's Landing. And he might be a more objective person to weigh in on that than Jamie himself, if Jamie would even defend himself in the first place. I see Amber here in the chat once points out that she might want to know what role Jamie had in the deaths of her niece and nephew. She may not know the story that it was Gregor yeah. and Amory Lorch. And he could honestly claim that he had nothing to do with that, um, though he might you know, throw his father under the bus and be like, yeah, our father might have ordered that, though. <laughs> Which, again, Bran could cooperate. Like, yes. Bran is going to save Jamie's butt, I think, potentially here, which is very ironic, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I have a, a, a slightly extended thought here I want to share. <laughs> Some okay. thoughts on Jamie in general. Because I went into this show, because of people like Aziz and a lot of my friends and coworkers who love the show, love the books, and the show was coming out. I hadn't read the books, so i got to watch the show. And I knew that some of my friends who were, I'm going to say, good people, thought that Jamie was their favorite character. And so right off the bat, I kind of knew to, to to take, you know, characters that may be being presented as villains, that there's more to it, you know. Mm. And uh, I feel like in general, there's this idea that Jamie's gone through this redemption arc. And that the turning point was when he tells Bri- tells Brienne about why he killed him. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. like the starting point. Right. Really, yeah. Yeah. I have a little bit of a different perspective, and I might just be wrong about this, but just so you know, my perspective is that I don't think he needs to be redeemed. 
<laughs> I think that uh, any more than almost any other character on the show. That like the first thing we do is see him kill this kid. But when you take a step back and think about what's really happening here, he's trying to stop. <laughs> take a step back from killing a kid. <laughs> he's yeah, trying to stop a war. Lots of other John killed a kid too. Lots of other characters yeah. that are sort of heroes of the show that no one's talking about. They need a redemption arc. Have done things at least as terrible. The thing in my mind that Jamie has done wrong, if you will, is be too arrogant to feel the need to explain himself. Does that make sense? I think a lot of the things he's done, at least on some level, are justifiable, at least relative to the things that the other characters have done. But he's just too arrogant to feel like he needs to justify himself. And he did to Brienne. And so maybe in that moment, that's like the beginning of a redemption arc. But since then, he still hasn't. He still doesn't feel the need to, to justify himself to anyone. I was going to say, I think if he gets to King's Landing, and this is his moment to justify himself, if he humbles himself... You mean Winterfell? Says, oh, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, Win- cool. Winterfell. If he gets to Winterfell and says, this is why I did the things I did. Yeah, I killed Bran. Yeah, I was having an affair with my sister. Yeah, I killed the king. But I was worried if I didn't kill Bran that my family would be killed and a war would start. I was worried that if I didn't kill the king, that King's Landing would be burned down, that... Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a situation with my sister because we grew up together in an ivory tower, and I genuinely love her, and and, and I admit so to the mistake. I sh- right, you know, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that if you can admit to the things that he's done and and offer up his explanations, even if maybe they're not justifiable explanations, the fact that he would feel the need to offer up an explanation to me, that's his redemption arc. It, if he has one or needs one or is well, going to get one. No, I just I I have a heart like. I forgive Jamie entirely for killing Ares. I think that was actually a noble thing to do. And I'm actually more mad about Jory, the dagger through the eye of Jory, than I was ever about Bran going out the window, to be honest with you. But, because <laughs> uh, Bran's fine. Um, but, um, <laughs> but I don't think that Jamie can justify pushing Bran out the window as like, I was thinking of my family. Cause, you know, he's just like, He's such a dick when he does it. And I love Jamie and I'm here for any and all redemption <laughs> arcs or they're more like redemption parabolas. Like he keeps going up and down, you know, so, but like, but like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for it. But like, I, I don't know that he can really justify pushing Brent out the window. I think he can only say I was a different person then. And I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I think Brian can attest to that but like the problem is the show like the problem with calling it a redemption arc um is that it is arc like in the books and it just hasn't been in the show because they have been unwilling to pull the trigger on this like jamie cersei separation and so they sort of just suck jamie back in to like full team scheming lannister Mm -hmm. and uh and that's a that's a problem um, because like what he goes through in the books and what he learns and when he decides what he decides, like that feels more like plotted points on an arc. And this feels more like we didn't really know what to do with him for a couple seasons. So we sent him to Dorne and then we kind of, we put him in River Run because that's where he goes in the books. But like, I don't know. And then he just keeps coming back to Cersei and he keeps coming back to Cersei, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's so much messier in the show. Than it is in the Maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I, you do touch on something that is exactly where I wanted to go with this, which is that which is something that Sean was getting at also. Maybe it's not that, maybe it's just that the word redemption arc is, is wrong. Yeah. It gives the wrong connotation. Cause, cause I think it might just be that he's becoming 
a person that cares about more than himself, which is that's what's different before. Maybe that's not redemption. Maybe that's maturity or just becoming a good guy. Less I don't know what you want to call that. Less but selfish and I mean, yeah. Part of the selfishness up, yeah. is is not even exactly selfishness. It's it is if you count Cersei as an extension of himself, but it's he's willing to do some awful things for love, presumably. But I mean, it's just shown in the fact that they're twins that it's this narcissistic love that they have. So I think that's part of why the love that they have, in addition to the incest and all that, it just seems less pure or noble or all these things, even though he pushes Bran out the window for Cersei. He right. does it because she gives him that look and he, he knows that he has to do what she says, which is why we maybe respect him less or think of it as even darker because he's just doing someone's someone's bidding, essentially. And also... Cersei is always like, it's just us. We're the yeah. only ones who matter. We're the only ones who matter. So that's the thing that's really changed for Jamie. He's like, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Other people matter too. <laughs> the, 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 the thing I think about a lot is um, you guys have read the like that three-page letter that George R. R. Martin sent to HarperCollins, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. we have. So like, I, I don't yeah. think it's a spoiler yeah. to say. Like, there's some stuff in there that maybe I would consider a spoiler, but I wouldn't consider this a spoiler that like he and that Martin initially intended Jamie to be much more of a villainous character. That like mm-hmm. it was, you know, Jamie was going to kill all the people in his way and sit on the Iron Throne and like, you know, so that knowing that, knowing that that Martin had initially intended Jamie to be sort of like the Cersei figure almost, I would say. Um it, it makes sense that he pushes a kid out the window right at the beginning. And that almost, <laughs> to me, feels more like a leftover uh, of, like, his original plan for Jamie. And then later he's, later he's like, no, I'm going to do this other thing with Jamie. But that decision to, like, take a character who starts the story pushing a kid out the window and make him someone that, like, we're willing to spend two hours discussing what's going to happen when he gets north because we care about him as a, as an interesting <laughs> character. Like this is a, that's an amazing thing that that Martin accomplished and and the show has done a for a while did a good job of delivering on. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a super chat from Nolan Ryan. Thank you. There's no message attached, but you can still get it to us if you want us to say anything. Yeah, appreciate um, that. Ryan. I also wanted to point out um, Ileana points out in the chat. That in Jamie's POV in the books, he says he pushed Bran out the window because he was mad that Bran interrupted him finally getting laid there. <laughs> yeah, and he also obviously Not didn't care much about his, the children either. Not great. Yeah. I mean, his own children. It so was really just whether about, the show yeah. is the same as the books in that respect, we don't know. But it's a point against that. Well, it's it's it also argues more for a redemption arc or like that he's he does care about these kind of things now that he didn't care yeah. about before. Maybe, so again, maybe redemption isn't your preferred term, but you can see that. I mean, he did changed. very recently. Didn't he very recently threaten to put a baby in a in like a trebuchet? Um, he did. Do that. River Run. He, did. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. he really did do. He that, did do yes. that, and I still <laughs> like him a lot. And, so I don't know what to tell and, you. Right, and again, I'm not. I know this is awkward. I know this is weird. Me like trying to defend these. Things. <laughs> You've tried. You defended Littlefinger. This is nothing. You don't know that, but. And and it also is is fair to point out what Jamie's actual motivations are might be different than you know the, the results that we get from it. But these different things that he has done that seem so awful are 
stopping wars. And no one likes the idea of hurting a baby. But if you had to choose, like this is a common philosophical question. If you kill one little baby or a train full of thousands of people, which one do you choose? It's not like you want to kill the baby. But if you have to choose between those two, it's better for the one baby to die than the train full of people. The thing is, of course, those those kind of situations rarely actually are. It's rarely that simple. It's rarely that simple, (laughs) but right. But making a simple never that simple. Making a simple (laughs) analogy lets you think about the less simple scenarios that come up, and it's the same with the whole King's Council, right? Robert, Littlefinger, Pycelle, Renly, Varus all sat there trying to convince Ned to kill this one little girl to stop a war in the future. It's true. And we don't talk about how Varus needs a redemption arc. You know, we don't <laughs> talk about, you know, Littlefinger was just a straight up bad guy. Robert, you know, died pretty good. But my, my point is that Jamie wasn't even part of that. I went, like if Jamie had been there and he had also been arguing, yes, just kill the girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would add that. We would lump that in with the terrible things that Jamie's I, done. But I don't want to disregard your point, but uh, I do want that for Varys. Not like a redemption arc, per se, but I think there's a lot of complexities and moral you know, grayness in the things that he does and the dark things that he does and why he does them and I, I, I don't know. It's just is a side point, but uh, I hope for that for, for in his case. Yeah, I yeah. hope for that in the was, books. But I think the show's version of that was like that one uncomfortable scene where Daenerys like calls him out, and he's like, "Yeah, oops." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I you know. agree. They just kind of wrote themselves into a, a box right. there with cutting out things integral to his plot lines. So I, I don't know about that, but I mean, we see it in the, we see it in the books. This complexity that maybe he cares more about high-born children than he does about the low-born children right. or you know anything like that. There, there's more to him. But I, I think that he's dark and I would like to see him grow or you know learn things more. I would like to see that even if he maybe already has. Yeah, I think it's Anyways. one thing the show does is it not only on the level of characters kind of pitch them gray. You know, you can't just say this person's good and this person's bad. Yeah. There's layers in between all that. And I think they do the same thing with you know, political or philosophical topics, you know, like it's just not, it's not, Ned wants to be this honest, honorable man. And sometimes in a leadership position, you have to lie. You know what I mean? Everyone told John, why didn't you lie? (laughs) All the characters, they're pretty much protagonistic characters were encouraging someone to lie for a greater good. And this is a a common thing, a, a theme, I think of Game of Thrones. And, um, and I want to, I'm trying to maybe give Jamie too much credit for not being this pure evil bad guy in the first place that he certainly isn't a pure, you know, white hat good guy. I mean, you got to think about it. He was raised by Tywin Lannister. Exactly. So, so is, which yeah. not only is that going to instill some sort of maybe ruthlessness and utilitarianness in him, but also maybe some sort of need to put on an air for his dad's sake. Does that make sense? Yeah. Some, some things he might think are wrong or, or inappropriate or negative or bad, but he can't talk bad to his dad, so he just does what he's told, just like Sandor just killed the butcher boy and just doing what I'm told. Not that that necessarily justifies it, but not that it makes them pure evil either. They're right. characters who are, have torn loyalties. And- it is really hard to put ourselves in their place because of how different this world is. But, and I don't know, think that yeah. any of us at this point would consider Jamie a pure evil character. I think that there are, he had moment his moments, like when he 
killed his cousin <laughs> to escape prison. Like there wasn't anything other than self-preservation that at, at play there. Yeah. That was pretty evil. But when you talk about, it's so funny. I just did not expect to come on this and be like, not the most defensive of Jamie. So I'm really glad that you're more defend, like <laughs> more, even more than I am. But like, it's, it's, it's not Jamie specific. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. but like, he, he likes to defend the Night King. Oh, all right. Not all always plays devil's advocate. I, I think he is more Night maybe than Jamie. Okay. My king's advocate over here. Yeah. But I do, I, you know, it's hard to know. It's hard to really try to predict what's going to happen in the final season or the final confrontation or who lives or who dies because, like, you know, if we know any, if we've learned anything from George R. R. Martin, it's that he always like is going to subvert our expectations. But I'm not sure that that's what the HBO series is anymore. You know, like these mm-hmm. are two different things. But when you talk about a redemption arc or parabola or whatever you want to call it for Jamie, like I feel like there's major opportunities for him to be a poignant sacrificial death more than like almost anyone else. Because if you talk about his arc being moving from thinking of himself to thinking of other people, and then the ultimate version of that is him sacrificing himself for someone else, preferably Brienne, because that would just mean a lot to me. (laughs) Then him I mean I know we all expect that like he and Cersei will probably kill each other or something like that you know but like him sacrificing himself for the greater good is one of the most one of the more poignant things I could think of in the final season you know because they're like real strong heroic types who might do that that I like you'll be like yep you were heroic before and here you are doing that now but like with Jamie that don't matter more he already tried to do it he charged, he yeah. made a suicide charge into that dragon. Yeah. He was ready yeah, to go down in flames to, to end the war right yeah, there. Yeah, maybe that was foreshadowing. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I'll also, in terms of him killing Cersei, we have six episodes. He's got to get up north, do a bunch of things there, and still yeah. get back to Cersei and he's landing. Or Cersei also north. come up north. If the episodes are as long as they're saying yeah. that, it sounds like they will be, that might actually be And they be can play liberally than, with yeah. timelines and jumping, and yeah. maybe Cer- I mean, I, maybe the Night King thing is resolved, and then Cersei dies, you know? She doesn't have to die before that. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah I could see it happening in the aftermath. We got a couple more Super Chats, yeah, but let's, we'll let's, come let's, back to this question in a second thing that Joanna brought up that I think is really interesting, and it actually touches on... Another question we got ahead of time, which yeah. is, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look okay. for it while we handle these other First, super chats. We'll we come got back a super chat from Danny Jeter. Uh, no question attached, so let us know if you have anything. Um, then we got one from Craig Mulvey. Could Jamie disguise himself? Are his honorable acts more honorable because he doesn't have honor? And then, Sean, I'm coming for your beard title. <laughs> <laughs> Can I see? Watch out. <laughs> it's it's a Watch guild, actually. It's not just, like, one title. Multiple people can have the... <laughs> No, they're carrying members of the gear. Like Abby in Broad City. Can you imagine if there was just a a rogue beard sniffer running? (laughs) That would be an evil person. Uh, But uh, anyways, to answer the question, we kind of had already addressed this a little bit um, in terms of whether he could be disguised and why he might be disguised. He might have more to say. I think he should disguise himself. I think that's that's correct. I think the, the covering of his hand is... Part of that, and I think, yeah, he wants to be incognito. He doesn't want some random northerner to be like, holy crap, that's the Kingslayer. Get him. You know, he needs to get to Winterfell kind of unimpeded so Remember that he can talk to people that will protect Danny him. about, you know, one random person who decides they want to be the person that killed you. You know, oh, yeah. Jamie, you know, Jamie might be putting himself in danger traveling through undisguised. So, And as he gets closer, if he does become aware that 
Bran is there. Littlefinger was killed in court. Maybe it will add to his need or desire to be in disguise. I'll be right surprised on. if he makes it all the way up without it. Like, because in season, when he and Bran get recognized on the road, like, A, he had both his hands then. B, um, <laughs> like, he was beardy and, you know, dirty and long haired. And they're like, isn't that the Kingslayer? So, like, you know, it's not like his face is on money or whatever, but, like, apparently his face is famous enough that, um, he can be recognized through a beard, so with that gold yeah, yeah. hand. I'll just have to, like, not clunk his gloved gold hand down on things. He'll be like, what's that clang? <laughs> Is your hand made of gold? Are you the king's <laughs> hand? So. No, 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 it's silver. It's, it's silver. fine. It's fine. There is a lot of beard discussion in the comments now. Oh, no. We also did. We, we got um, Danny Jeter's subject in here. Uh, oh, okay. If Jon Snow tells everyone that he is not a Stark, doesn't it mean how Stark will lose its mass last male and die off? Well, not necessarily. It's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, it depends on who decides. Like, if John's the king, he decides if he's a Stark. If he decides he's not a Stark, he isn't. But regardless, Sansa isn't going to just marry someone and take their name if that happens. She's going to marry someone and they're going to take her name. Yeah, you can, they can, it's, it's allowable for the, the, when, and not uncommon when this spot happens that, um, the more powerful house name passes down rather than the man's name. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it can, there's, learned... there's a couple of cases. <laughs> you learn something new every day on History of Westeros, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. There's, there's so, there's so, there's like some of these houses have existed for so long. Yeah. In fact, I think one of those times it was the, uh, the daughter, the, the wildling, the story of, um, the blue rose. Oh. That, of course, is associated with Elena, but the other story, the Bale the Bard story. Yeah, that's you're a good right. example of that when there was just this girl that's half wildling, half Stark, that's the only one, and she, Continued the line, so right. yeah, they, they can do that. They, in order to prevent an, a, a house from just going away because of marriage, they're you know that's that's legally allowed in Westeros. Also, you can imagine all sorts of new precedents being established. With the, right now, the current leader of Westeros is a queen, yeah. and the person challenging her is another a queen. queen. And another, you know never, what I mean? Yeah. So, and Sansa sitting at the seat of Winterfell, doing a good job. I feel like yeah, these types of questions that, yeah. are maybe interesting to ask, but I don't think it's a... I feel like there's no chance that the way this ends is, oh, the Stark line is finished. That's it. <laughs> no, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Unless, there's got to be something. Unless Sansa <laughs> dies. Yeah. Well, unless yeah. some other tragedy Possible. happens, but it's not going to be yeah. because John wasn't really Ned's son. And Arya's like, I don't want kids. And Bran's like, <laughs> I'm not even human anymore. So. <laughs> I'm not Bran. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of, certainly, uh, Joanna, we're getting a lot of comments about how happy people are to see you here oh, with us today. Hi, guys. You and, and your hair. Yeah. <laughs> people, not only about just you being here, but but comments on people loving your hair Thanks, as well. guys. So, all that good stuff. Um, so, we're going to do this again at the end, but just in case people, not everyone stays for the whole episode. So, just, just, just in case, let everybody know where to find you and all that, and then we'll do this again at the end. So, just uh, people know all the places they can find Joanna Robinson's greatness. Uh, uh, my greatness can be found <laughs> on... Um... Leave off the places where they can't find your greatness. Just <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Um, you can find me on VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeWroteThis. I do a Game of Thrones podcast called Storm of Spoilers. It's in its off-season right now, which means we do whatever we want to do, which is really fun. What is that going to be next? What's What do you guys have next on tap? Uh, they're going to do Rick and Morty. 
up up next. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's coming. Nice, nice. Um, and we just did Tremors, which was amazing. And then um, I do an award season podcast called Little Gold Men. So if you are both a Game of Thrones fan and really into the Oscar race, then have <laughs> I got a podcast for you. So oh, there you cool. go. Right on. Yep. It's lots of different places to find Joanna. So that is great. And yeah, check her out in whichever of those places strike your fancy. Um, you guys, a lot of you all, if you haven't heard of Joanna, you've probably read her articles in Vanity Fair. You may not realize it's the same person. (laughs) Definitely. But her articles are really, they're out there a lot. They're, you know, among the most read Game of Thrones articles that there are. So that is very good. Um, also, I want to give some thanks to some more patrons. This time, we salute our Ironborn captains. That would be Kathleen the Ruthless, Captain of the Night Terror, motto, Don't Fall Asleep. Black Matto's Stormrider, Captain of the Rusted Hinge. Rebea, Lady of Waves, Captain of the Iron Shadowcat. Tusk Shield, Breaker Captain of Kraken's Fury. Oisan the Wanderer, Captain of Naga's Living Flame. Sir Selvas Redblade of White Harbor, Captain of Trident of the North. Lord Chucklaz is Captain of the Dromund Nightblood, Destroyer of Evil. Madzak is Captain of the Red Wake. Heron Burtbeard is Captain of the Smoking Narwhal. John Gregor is Captain of the Fist of the Drowned God. Karis Farwind is called Sealspeaker, Oracle of Lonely Light, motto The Eyes in the Waves. Sir Kiron of Lonely Light is Scourge of the Sunset Sea, Captain of Naga's Breath, a Droman armed with siphons of wildfire. Aileen is Archer Queen Captain of the Border Collie. Crimson Kate is Captain of the Drowned Queen's Vengeance. And Jasana the Just, Collector of Tolls, is Captain of the Golden Gift. There's some new names there. Yeah, a couple of new ones in there. Also, thanks to Sir Valentin DeGen, creator of the Game of Predictions website. That's gameofpredictions.org. And it is a futures free futures market where you can make predictions or bet on existing predictions as for what will happen in the rest of the series, the rest of the books. you get virtual money to play with, and I uh, highly recommend checking it out. It's fun. Also, thanks to our Blood Riders. That includes um, Kohokoi, Master of the Bow, called Sun Piercer, and Vorsaki, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Arak with a dragon bone hilt. Thanks to you all. That is very helpful. We appreciate all the patronage. You can go to historyofwesteros.com and click on the Patreon link on the right side if you want to see what this is all about. You can find out more at uh, through that link about all the different titles and giveaways that we have scheduled, things like titles and access to episodes early, occasional Patreon hangouts, things like that. Lots of fun stuff. Check it out when you get the chance. And that is that for our mid-roll announcements. Let's get back to it. The question that I that you touched on briefly, Joanna, that somebody wanted to know specifically about is Jamie and Cersei dying, or just in general, how are they going to die? What is that going to be? So the question here, actually, I'll read the, the question fully. This is from Thomas Pappas, who is a.k.a. Hel- Hema Helminth, our, the sellsword sentinel. I would love to hear everyone's best guess as to how Show Jamie's story arc will come to an end. Will he die in Brienne's arms after selflessly sacrificing himself? Kind of like what you said, maybe without the specifics, but <laughs> something along those lines. A sword in his hand and a curse on his lips? Or will the show end with him on the Iron Throne swaddling a blonde-haired babe? A suicide charge and an ice dragon, maybe? Inquiring minds must know. Good question, covering all the bases there. So, that is tough. And I know that as book readers and show watchers, you know, there's some different ideas going around here. 
So I think we'll maybe get a, a little bit of a variety on answers. Um, Joanna, do you have a take on this? Do you already have a thought on your most, your best guess for Jamie's death? I know there's several possibilities out there. Which one do you favor, or do you have one that's kind of different? I mean, it's so interesting. The the Volunkar sort of prophecy thing is so interesting because like it's not something they've mentioned at all on the show even a little bit right they specifically cut that out but like the fandom is so convinced of it not just like book readers but it's seeped into non-book readers (laughs) because enough people have like (laughs) enough people have written articles about it that non-book readers are like well i heard that you know jamie has to kill cersei of course like that's how it's gonna happen and i mean it makes sense like for his arc but i still like if there's a way to wrap up jamie killing cersei dying in the process because i think the show at least is setting up some sort of mutually assured destruction that's what i took away from when, like when lady olena as she's dying she's like you know cersei will be your downfall and he's like mm. yeah but sh- <laughs> she's hot I can't get off this train. <laughs> <laughs> so so it felt that that felt like prophetic to me is like they're no they knew when they were going in season eight Jamie and Cersei on some sort of like mutually assured destructive destruction path. Um, but if they, if they could throw in with that some element of self sacrifice, like killing Cersei, though it will be hard for Jamie to do, will save the realm and, um, he dies in the process and Brienne finds him and they get <laughs> a last moment. I want all, I want it all. That's what I want. Nice. I see someone named uh, Thraxus in the chat says that Jamie's going to take the black and become the next Lord Commander of the Night of Watch. That would be interesting given how he mocked them in, in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of an interesting turnaround. And it would maybe fit with his black cloak and black horse that he was uh, riding off <laughs> with. Now, LML follows that question up with, has a, Knights, has a Kingsguard ever joined the Night's Watch? Well, technically Jamie isn't in the Kingsguard anymore, but the answer is yes, there was at least one example, and that would be Lucamore the Lusty, who had a bunch of kids while he was in the Kingsguard with multiple women, which is obviously not allowed. So he had his baby-making parts hacked off, and he mm. was sent to the wall. So he didn't join on purpose, but that would be the only example I know of. So, yeah, normally Kingsguard serve for life. And there's certainly been some other cases where Kingsguard maybe could have been sent to the wall, but instead they were killed. Yeah, they were executed or yeah. just... Yeah, died or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever happened to those Kingsguard. And of course, a lot of Kingsguard whose stories we don't know, so there might be some more. Let's continue with some of the patron questions we got ahead of time. Let's see here. Lord Botchington. Now, this touch, this is related to some of the other questions we have, but it's a little bit different. Again, yes, Lord Botchington is a great name. Jamie and Cersei have to be near each other when one or both of them dies, right? Certainly their bond is not completely broken. Well, Joanna was just touching on that. That's... That's maybe a little too Valonqarish of thinking, which the show doesn't have to abide by. You know, I think the book, I think I'm pretty, I think I'd be settled on that pretty, I think I would pick that as the likely thing for the book, but I just don't know about the show that way. I'm not, I'm not very confident. I really did like the idea that was floated um, after Littlefinger was killed that Arya could keep his face somehow and yeah. go to King's Landing and take out Cersei. If Cersei's not going by Jamie's hands, I want it to be either just the onslaught of the undead and the Night's King, just like, you, you fool, you should have helped, or mm-hmm. Arya coming for her. We floated this on Star Wars spoilers, which I really like, which is... Because I, I, I think it might be Jamie who does it, but if in the show they decide to do Arya and they decide to do the Littlefinger thing and... 
Littlefinger's death was like it, the problem with that theory is that Littlefinger's death is so public, right? Like it happened in the middle of the throne room, so like keeping his yeah. death a secret from Cersei is going to be hard. But if they were to do that, and if Arya were to put on Littlefinger's face, and if Arya were to go down to King's Landing with the Hound, uh, this is something my co-host suggested. It's like the Hound and Arya's Littlefinger swear off against Cersei in the Mountain, and the Hound, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Hound says something like. Um, I'll take the big one or something like that, you know, like, and then they, and then they just go, um, wish fan wish fulfillment there. So, yeah. <laughs> from here's just one. Here's, here's not a question, but just another message for you. Joanna Courtney Gax says, so excited for a podcast, almost crossover as Joanna is one of my favorite pop culture critics. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks, Courtney. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I love doing this with you guys and I hope we can all do more crossovers in the future. And if you guys want to see all your favorite podcasters together uh con of thrones yeah. con of thrones 2018 yeah, totally. come see us so heck yeah heck yeah yeah we're we definitely love having a community that's so easy to you know move we'll be, around and talk to each other with we'll be in your neighborhood uh next year i assume you'll be there i'm joanna Worldcon is in san jose next year the world science fiction and fantasy convention and george r, r. martin is the, one of the guests come on down guys so yeah, I was definitely <laughs> there. I used to live in right? the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah, so I have a bunch of friends there. I'm excited to go there. That's not till next August. It's a long time from now. Yeah. But this is telling all of you to go to Worldcon San Jose. And we'll have maybe, I wouldn't hold out hope for T-Wow being out then, but maybe we'll have um, Fire and Blood. Yeah, some Fire and Blood stuff, or at least a part one of Fire and Blood. Uh, we got a super chat real quick All right. from LMC. Thanks for the solid season seven content, for addressing the positive and negative, and for inviting the larger Game of Thrones community to join you. Keep it up. All right. Well, we will. We will definitely do that. We have other guests planned. And you know what? Maybe this is a good time to mention uh, our potential guest for next week. Because yeah, uh, Joanna is going to be oh, excited yeah. about this yeah. when we hear this one. This is, uh, this is really random. It is very random. Sean, uh, you, you watch You're the Worst, right? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. tweeted about it. We love the show. Uh, and we, us, one yeah. of the thing, all three of us, one of the things we love about it is one of the main characters, one of the featured characters, Vernon has his own podcast, yes. you know, Vernon down the house down the with house. red napkin and the Joe, every time it just cracks me up so much. They have this like very professional setup in there that Beck is part of. Anyways, it's the whole thing. Sean tweeted at him and was like, goals are to get Vernon down the house on Westeros history. Uh huh. And he said, he was like, Sure, sounds easy enough. Let's schedule it. That's awesome. <laughs> he's going to be on our show. That really happened like two days ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be so fun. Guess. I love but it. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so he hasn't actually seen the show yet. Yeah. So part of it's we're going to convince, try to convince him to watch it. And then he said that if we do convince him to watch it, he might come back a few months later yeah, a few months to, after later. watching it to talk about it again. Oh, nice. Very so, nice. Yes, so it's very uh, random situation. So you guys can all look forward to that hopefully next week. We have to deal with his schedule, um, but hopefully we'll be recording it next Wednesday. We'll have to see what he tries to convince us to watch, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's already tried to convince me to watch one thing, and I, I'm going to watch the first couple episodes for him so I can... I, I'm, my, my plan is to watch the show Claws. Oh. And... He, he said it's his favorite on TV it's right fun. now. Sure, I, sure. I, 
I, I you I'm watched sure it. It's good. You, you watch it? Yeah. Well, I don't. I haven't watched the whole season, but yeah. Okay. Cool. It's really. It's. Fun. I didn't hear what you said. Claws. It's a TNT show. With Niecy Nash about women working in a nail salon. Kind of hour long drama. Okay, I know yeah. the show. Yeah. Dark comedy drama type thing. Anyways, um. That's what he said his favorite was, which surprised the hell out of me. But I figure I already I already feel like there's probably a lot of like intrigue and like fierce women. Yeah. So like I'm thinking that I'm gonna gear my recommendation of Game of Thrones around that. I love it. I'm gonna say everything that's similar in claws. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go yeah. through a few more characters that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, most of these are mostly just kind of like, I don't know what kind of reaction they might have, uh, but but some of them are going to have pretty strong reactions. Along the lines of Masande, someone that we probably don't need to spend much time on is Grey Worm. I don't know that Grey Worm will have a strong opinion. He's not He's not from Westeros. He doesn't... You know, he doesn't have his mind wrapped up in the struggles that existed well. in Westeros before the, his time. What's that? He's a little taciturn as well. He's not the, you know, That's true. most Speak vocal up guy. You're right. Type. Yeah. Though they might have, like, generally, you know, because, like, Jamie is a general, right? And Grey Worm's a general. Yeah. So, like, if, yeah. if Jamie does get drafted to the cause, I don't know if there will be, like, battling generals or something like that. So One interesting thing about Jamie is that he can, you know, if he's trying to sell himself as an ally, like, look how useful I can be. Besides being you know, a brave fighter, which that reputation precedes him. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, challenge him on that aspect. But he's actually faced a dragon. He's been on the other side of the dragon. No no one on Danny or John's side has actually faced a dragon in battle. You know, they've been, had the dragon on their side in battle, but the Night King now has a dragon. Jamie's like, yeah, let me tell you how awful it is to be on the wrong side of that. Yeah. <laughs> So that's some interesting perspective. Um, I'm not sure that that's a major selling point, but I, I think that's an interesting point of uh, bit of, of interest there. Do you think the show has done a good job of showing Jamie as like a, a strong military force? Because so like he wins at River Run through sort of strategy and and yeah. leaning on Edmure. Um, he took High Garden by you know doing exactly what his brother didn't think he was going to do. So that was smart enough i guess and uh yeah he lost to a dragon but it was a dragon so i feel <laughs> yeah. you but i feel like that was a i feel you know it's some of it's how they present it to us and how it was edited or whatever but to me it looked kind of like a close battle and if the dragon wasn't there they would have won like those lannister men held their ground against those the, cavalry charging in uh, at them you know it didn't seem like they were just swept over and instantly lost this battle. It seems like the fight went on for some time despite this dragon burning up everything. So. It's true. And That's and Bron and Bron winged, you know, Bron got to wing the dragon. So it was a closer match than it might have otherwise been. That's true. As That's true. as for Jamie being a good military mind or anything like that, I feel like this past season they did show us that. I mean, I think the biggest one to me was them ditching Casterly Rock, which was uh, quite a play, but it really worked out for them, and it was Jamie's idea, I guess. And he meets when he meets with Tyrion. Tyrion's like, "Boy, you really outgeneraled me. Yeah, you, yeah. You were three and steps like, ahead. Yeah, I'm a general. But what do you think? It's like you're, <laughs> you were raised to do a bunch of other things. I like Jamie be like, "You were in charge. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have you in charge. You've never." <laughs> Tyrion's like, "Battle of Blackwater, man. I kind of worked for a yeah. while. <laughs> it was working." <laughs> I blew like, a lot of ships. In that yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's I think funny. that they've. I, I believe that they've presented him as a competent uh, leader, at least. But to really show them being a good general would require 
details that the show's just not going to get into. You know, like a lot of being a good military leader is going to be things like organizing logistics and training, things that have, it's not like this tricky decision you made right at this battle. Mm. It's the training you've done for the past six months, things yeah. like that. And mm. it's hard for a show right. to really show that. It's, and the it's the delegation difference. that you have. Exactly. You know? In fact, they've done yeah. it. They've done that with Sansa as much as they've done it with Jamie or any of the other military leaders. They've mm. virtually done none of it with Grey Worm. You know what I mean? They, yeah. See someone point asking if Jamie has widow's whale. That is, con- that is, um, I believe that's confirmed. Yeah. He, you can tell by how it looks. You know, people, a lot of people have noticed that that's, that's definitely widow's whale. So yeah, he's up there with the other half of ice, which that's a whole nother thing. You know, I don't know how people, you know, with, with so many things happening, I don't know that anyone's going to care too much about that sword, but it's a thing that might come up. I think if you have, a, if you're on the show and you have a Valerian steel weapon, then you're probably going to get to at least try to take out a, a white walker at some point right so like aria brian um and then i'm guessing sam is going to give heart's bane to someone else and i don't know if you guys have any theories about i mean no offense to sam he can try to fight with it if he wants but like if he wants to give it to someone else like i don't know if you guys have any theories about who that would be or hmm. I hadn't thought about and uh Jorah are both decent candidates you know there are other i'm hoping warriors for that- I'm hoping for Sandor? Jorah, personally. Sandor, I didn't even think Ooh. of Sandor. He's got to go south, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it says... Uh... Yeah, a bunch of people said we were all back. I don't know how... Oh, I, no, I think back. they might have yeah. been... I, it's a, I don't know if it, when they got cut off there, but... Um... Okay. The, a couple the, people the, had issues, might have been on our uh, end. We'll In any case, we're back now. The idea like... was who might get Widow's Whale if someone gets Widow's Whale from Jamie, and... The candidates that we mentioned were Jorah and Sandor and Torment. Yeah, and... someone. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought. Yeah. Sorry, I I might have dropped out. Um, I meant um, if Sam if Samwell were to give his Valyrian oh. steel sword away. Oh, you're talking about Heartsbane. Yeah, I was talking about Heartsbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I I cool. feel like I feel like Jamie and Brienne and Arya will all use their Valyrian steel very well, like in battle, sort of thing. But then Sa- Sam will probably give Heartsbane to someone. I would, I would think Jorah, but you know, who, who knows? And then obviously Longclaw, we'll just keep Longclawing it up. So Jorah's a good candidate. I think Sandor is another one because it's a giant sword. Yeah. You know, it's a big weapon. So that might really, you know, I, and it would be, it would just be cool to see him with a big old sword like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that. Um, also, heart's pain is fitting for Jorah because his heart's pain is like his issue. No. His, his heart is his bane. It's true. Yeah. It is true. As much so, as I hate him for it. But someone it with something funny in common with Jamie is Davos. They both have <laughs> things wrong with their hand. Well, Jamie's is just gone entirely. Yeah. Davos still has most of his hand, but. <laughs> Something for them to bond over. Davos definitely won't get Widow's Whale or Heartsbane. <laughs> that we can definitely cross him off the list. I don't suppose he has any specific reason to be upset with Jamie. I don't think Davos has any enmity towards the Lannisters in general, other than you know them beating Stannis and <laughs> you know them yeah. being enemies and stealing his, the throne and all that. But not Jamie specifically. But we don't. I don't. I'm not sure about that. Davos also has seen the worst. He's seen the dragon. You know, presumably. Or knows about what happened beyond the wall and all that, so he's probably not too worried about. Grudges. He also seems to be—I don't know how to say this—but a negotiator. He, he wants to find middle ground. He's not yeah. going to encourage uh, divisiveness. Does that yeah. make sense? He'll find a way, especially if there's three people who are pro Jamie and one who's negative. He's going to convince the one negative to be pro. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that. And and that's a great segue to Varys, who is also generally used to be someone that did try to divide people, but now he's all about, you know, the common good. And that's, so I suspect that, you know, I have him on the list here as, as neutral, but I suspect he might actually be more pro-Jamie, just like, yeah, you guys should all, we should all work together. Um, anyone else have thoughts on Varys? Similar. Similar? Okay. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't expect to see much of his reaction to this at all. Yeah, but yeah, I kind of agree. Varys might just, they may just dispense with him reacting at all. Just, Varys is cool with this. Well, he has those great facial, he has those great facial reactions in the backdrop of so many scenes. That's I think, true. Uh, Conleth Hill does. He just like reacts to things. So that might be the extent of what we get. Just having like <laughs> smirking and possibly rolling his eyes yeah. and you're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so another, another one who just got mentioned is Jorah. Jorah has a little bit of a different perspective on Jamie, possibly, because that's another person who fought at Pike mm-hmm. together. They, Jamie, as Euron reminded us this season, Jamie was a big force at Pike. Well, Jorah was a big force at Pike, and that was brought up when he re-encounters Thoris. So mm-hmm. this whole war that they all fought in together, they all charged through the breach together. Jamie was there, so that's Jorah what, may have some respect for getting. him. What's that? That's the flashback we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Thoros. <laughs> <laughs> put put some Vaseline on the lens so we don't have to see that like you know some of these actors are older than they should be and do it <laughs> do it do they, have to, do they actually do that Vaseline on the lens is that really a thing that, I mean now they do it with CG but yeah they used to they used to blur blur the vision to protect oh. wrinkles back in the day that's cool that's cool or weird I don't know both <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's now talk about people who are at least likely, if not definitely, anti-Jamie. Daenerys is not definitely anti-Jamie, but you could see why she would be, right? Obviously killing her father, but knowing her brother. She might also be like, well, I can ask you questions about Rhaegar, you know? (laughs) And if that, interestingly, that could be like a... A way to kind of touch base with where the book goes, because Barristan's dead in the show, but Barristan is not dead in the book, and he might still have things to tell Danny about Rhaegar hmm. that Jamie, Jamie could, could do. Yeah. Although Bran could just do all that anyway. <laughs> but still, <laughs> let's just have Bran. That kind do of just it. occurred to me. Yeah, just <laughs> no. have Bran. Just have Bran. Let's just have Bran do it. So, but Danny also though is now kind of sees things the way John does. She's like, yeah, nothing really matters more right. than this. Right. This is the thing that matters. So I don't know if Jamie is going to register as a major grudge now that there's this big, overwhelming, much bigger problem. Yeah, I think as soon as her dragon went down, it sort of changed every like every single reaction. That she would even like be in the same room quote-unquote the same arena as Cersei that she would you know consider a detente with Cersei like all of that to me means that like when Jamie gets there if he can be helpful if you prove that he can be helpful and not just like hey I'm here I'm not that great at fighting anymore because of my hand <laughs> thing but I'm fun at parties so keep me around you know but like if he has <laughs> if he has something more military you know if he has troops or something like that that he can offer intel and Cersei well, whatever it is until yeah, Cersei, yeah, that's, that's the big... one thing he has to offer is this knowledge that, that Cersei's not coming, and in fact, she's sending for the Golden Company. Right. So that that will be a key thing. Now, Danny just might not believe it. You know what I mean? She... And, and Tyrion's already, already been like, 
We, yeah, we know we can't trust Cersei. She's like, I don't believe but, you. Yeah. I'm sending Jorah and you to go swoop out the Golden Company. <laughs> no, I just, I, I expect the Golden Company to be a little more complicated than just Cersei and the oh, Iron no. Bank hire them. That's a good call, Shad. That could be how Sandor gets south. I, Jorah and Sandor go south <laughs> to check out the Golden Company. Yeah. I hope. I'm hoping. On. I'm hoping that that's Theon's plot. That Theon's redemption Theon. plot is like taking out Euron and stopping the Golden mm-hmm. Company somehow. That's my yeah, I could, hope for him. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it being both. Uh, my my main thought that the only reason I mentioned Jorah is just that we have that line where he says he served with the Golden Company. Sure. And it's just it's just really random for them to add this thing. So I, I have to entertain the thought that it was so that it could have some payoff later. That's a good point. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, so I could see. I can see multiple people being involved in this, uh, in the Golden Company plot. I, I kind of don't expect the Golden Company to be very featured, really. Like, I don't expect to really know the characters in it or anything like that. I expect we at least know maybe the leader a, character. A, a leader, because, yeah. Because who else is Cersei going to talk else? to with, without Braun or Jamie? It's just yeah. Kyber. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Sorry. And she can't talk to them. I'm it's, just envisioning a lot enough? of... Maybe maybe Kyburn will have like some child rearing ideas to talk over with her or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's like, let's plan your baby shower. It's gonna be epic. Um but no, the I I think you're right that we'll we'll maybe know the leader of the Golden Company and then they'll just show up as like players on the chessboard. You know, that's what I felt like a lot of season seven was is like Grey Room, the Unsullied don't matter except for like what they look like standing on a battlefield. Do you know what I mean? And like the same is sort of true of the Dothraki. We kind of know the the main Dothraki guy because he has like two lines yeah, this season. Kind of, yeah. As in we've we've seen him multiple times. <laughs> yeah, he was there in season six. All yeah. the other dudes were burned up. He's still there. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> de facto yeah. leader, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we solved it. Joanna. He's held the Valyrian steel sword. <laughs> yeah. Joanna, I can't get this image out of my mind of Cersei's baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining, like, have you seen the Center Live skits, you know, where they have one of the, the Melisandre over to the dinner party? Yes. You know, yeah. she's all, brooding and her <laughs> just imagine like the baby shower like it's Cersei the mountain Kyburn <laughs> pink armor <laughs> all of her handmaidens who she's made get her haircut yeah <laughs> all of the same haircut yeah. everyone's dressed in black <laughs> black yeah Best. the gifts are wrapped in black <laughs> best party ever yeah <laughs> That's good. So another aspect about John that maybe we didn't mention that maybe should be briefly mentioned is I do still think John will be fine with Jamie. But if John finds out, well, when John finds out that his real father was Rhaegar, well, that means his grandfather was Ares, which means Jamie killed his grandfather <laughs> as well as Danny's father. So I don't think that's going to matter, but it's it's not nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's not nothing. But yeah, I don't think it will matter ultimately. I think... I. John and Danny will be aware that they're great. They're that he was crazy. Anyways, yeah, their yeah. father and granddad. I think so too. <laughs> and then again, Bran can verify it all. <laughs> you know, I wonder if John could have talked to Tommen or Joffrey or any of those kids if he would have said, "You know, you can be a Lannister and a Lannister." <laughs> <laughs> Um, another one is so we talked about Sansa uh, briefly. I think we covered her fairly well. 
Uh, she might be neutral. She might be anti. I could. I kind of lean towards anti, but she'll. She won't go against the grain too much if other people are accepting Jamie. Arya is, you know, kind of goes her own way on a lot of things. Though I do think if John is okay with Jamie, then Arya might follow his lead on that. Yeah, she was never on her list, so that's that's something. But Cersei was, is, and you know, again, he killed Jory. That's a thing. You know, Arya liked Jory, and we all like Jory. You know, yeah, everybody <laughs> liked Jory. <laughs> that was the first like really shocking death in the show i think you know yeah just so, so, like whoa his daggers through Dagger his eyeball right through crap. the eye of this guy who's been so yeah. nice to children all season <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they start dropping like flies it was like oh yeah Poor that, jory. That's, that's not jory got forgotten after all the other deaths but we remember the north remembers <laughs> <laughs> the next one the next person on your list is my favorite is going to be my favorite reaction who Jan is royce Jan Royce, the most racist person cool. in all the North. <laughs> and by, and by, racist, by racist, I mean like, uh, never trust a Targaryen, never trust a Lannister. I'm going to stand up at every yeah, he's, meeting. He's very xenophobic. Yeah. He's xenophobic. He is very xenophobic. <laughs> yeah. And very snooty, being that yeah, ancient and all blood. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and all old gods mm-hmm. combined. That is one yeah. haughty family. Yeah, there. so Jan, Jan Royce is definitely going to stand up at a meeting and be like, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lannister shouldn't be here, you know. Blustering sure. <laughs> yeah. with his, yeah. his yeah. And I wonder what some of the other lords yeah, like I along the lines like of jowls, like, <laughs> like, is it exactly that? But that's how I picture him. Yeah, he's like he's <laughs> he's definitely I just like can't do it. <laughs> the jowls are on the inside. Like he's he's he's, he's jolly of heart, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm Royce. <laughs> he has that huge uh, breastplate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, we might have a request for you, Joanna. Yeah. Um, Acre Phrase gave a super <laughs> chat. Can you guess who I'd like to say a certain phrase? He's asked us and every guest he can to oh. say Irish wristwatch. Three times really fast. Irish wristwatch. Yeah. So We've all had to do it, so have other guests. So, yes, go ahead. Um, it's hard. I, I, Irish no, oh my God. Irish <laughs> Wow, guys. <laughs> See, it's harder than it sounds. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. There it is. Sorry. Now you're officially now you're officially a guest. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the hazing, the hazing process that I have to go through? Yeah. Uh, yes. yes, one of our one of our uh, frequent <laughs> listeners uh brought this uh custom <laughs> along and <laughs> we've been following along with it. God. In addition to Jan Royce, there's okay. the other Northern Lords, right? And that's uh, a lot of them are very much anti-Lannister and, you know, they're going to remember, they're going to have a less nuanced view on a lot of this. They're going to just remember Jamie is the incest guy who killed the king and slew, <laughs> you know, all these <laughs> others of their allies guy. and they don't... The incest, incest guy. guy yeah. <laughs> He's you know, incest guy. Incest guy Soon John will be the incest guy. No. Oh. Yeah, I hope I hope John doesn't get too much up on his high horse about incest. I hope neither John or Daenerys <laughs> even try that because later they're gonna be like, oh, oh, that was we should not have done that. I think they will. I think that's gonna happen. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, Lord, I feel like Lord Glover also like will probably stand up in a meeting and say something about <laughs> Jamie Lannister. What, what do you think Leanna yeah. Mormont's gonna say about this? Yeah, what about Leanna Mormont? She doesn't yeah. have this like long history where she experienced these things happening, but I don't think that matters to her. <laughs> I feel like yeah. if Davos is like he's okay, she'll be like, okay, Davos said so. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of people to sell this Kingslayer's okay idea. It's a really funny thing about this show because, like, I'm I'm a feminist. I am a fan. I like, you know, I watched Xena Warrior Princess as a child. I love a lady fighter. <laughs> like, I'm here for it. But there are ways in which this show, not the books, but this show does this, like, weird pandering almost like i don't know yeah pandering it's this yeah. weird pandering where i'm like yeah i get it you think as a woman i'm really excited about this but and i am but not the way you're doing it anyway that's a tangent yeah. I, I, I feel i feel the same i, I see i see jinx earlier in the, in the chat said it was really shallow faux feminist yeah. fan service for the gifts yeah oh I mean, yeah it's true it's just like yep, for the gifts for, it, yeah, you see screencaps of that scene all the time. Like, I, I do at least, yeah. and, like, just on Facebook and stuff. And I don't know. Uh, it, it might be, a, you know, I think it might be an extension of the complete lack of female writers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it isn't just Leon Mormont's case. Like, I mean, we see it with Tormund. We see this kind of, like, a little bit fan servicey pandering type of oh, yeah. line. So I, it's just the thing. Like, they know these characters are popular, and they're trying to do what they think made them popular. Yeah. But I, yeah, it doesn't exactly resonate with me either. I agree. Another super chat here. Yeah, from Lucifer Means Lightbringer, uh, who we've had on the show before. Yeah, Joanna. Really enjoying your presence on the video. I oh. tweeted at you, by the way. We, we got him on Twitter, too. Yeah, another recent Twitter <laughs> Very recent. Been... He is, tweets more than I ever could pick, imagine myself tweeting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why he avoided it in the first place. It's such a time sink. It really is. It's a lot of fun, but it definitely eats yeah, up some yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, I just disengage from it because it's daunting. We've covered all the different characters we wanted to talk about in terms of how they might interact with Jamie. Uh, maybe there's a few we missed. Is there? If we did miss any, certainly uh, let us know in the uh, chat here. Um, otherwise, we'll be beginning our wrap up here shortly. Is there any? Is there any shot that Jamie gets to kill the Night King? Because he is the king. Because he is the king slayer. It's gotta be a little king bit. It's gotta be a little bit. You know? Yeah, I think it's a pretty long shot, yeah. but I think you sold me on it with the whole night king slayer <laughs> idea. I do like right? it. I think that yeah. I think Arya sneaking up on him is one thing. You know, Arya shooting him with arrows is another one because of the whole practicing her archery oh. at night thing. I thought that was yeah. kind of a cool little I'm definitely team Arya is going to kill him. I just like the idea. I don't know. I, I don't think it's at all the books, but I, I like it a lot yeah. in the show. Yeah, because yeah, it was probably not even a night Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Right. But like you said, but, uh, but that's the thing, right? Like, she's got all this faceless man training, right? And she's all she kill did was kill face. the phrase. And then it. you'll win too, Joanna. <laughs> Jamie will be dead and she'll use his face and Jamie's to kill. Oh, she'll use Jamie's face to kill Cersei. Yeah. And, and then, then Night King. And then, yeah. Ooh, I like it. I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about her using Jamie's face to kill Cersei. That's such a funny idea that then it would tech kind of be true that he kills her in the show. Even though we had veered away from that in the show to them not mentioning that, but still. But I think, I think you're right. It's, 
it's like why else have a a, seas- a seasoned assassin or a trained assassin if she doesn't get to assassinate someone in the final war? Yeah. Like that has Sneaking to be what you do him. with her. Yeah. So and her we weapon talking- is the Valyrian steel dagger, which isn't exactly yeah, like Valyrian get right up steel, there and hand to hand fight. Let's just sneak up behind you, shank him. Kind of uh, yeah, <laughs> we were talking about this on uh, on Storm of Spoilers. Is we were like, can you wear a White Walker face? Are we gonna see Arya? <laughs> yeah, put yeah. on. A White Walker face. We talked and about the- that too. I love the idea for doing <laughs> the, that. The answer seemed to be no because they die by shattering, and I was like, "That's a good point." Yes, you can't so, take it off. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's true. But you have to like glue the pieces of the White Walker back together and make. Well, that's what makes you wonder: herself. like, could Melisandre or like Blood Raven use a glamour to look oh. like one of them? Ooh. You know, I would like- love to see a glamour better yeah. used that in the final cool. season. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, and I think that one... This, um, I've said this before, but I think there's a good chance we see the Night King, like, cut some people down in hand-to-hand combat if he's not on his dragon. That The dragon kind of throws this this idea for a bit of a loop. Yeah. But because who the actor is, that's Vladimir Furtick, and he's the mm-hmm. guy that, that did the two-handed fighting as Arthur Dane. That's the same guy. So yeah. he knows his stuff. They should use... They should take use of... Make use of that, but... Although I will say, the thing I mentioned before, after the javelin throw, it just makes me really... I can't picture him fighting hand-to-hand combat and not just completely destroying anyone. I agree. He would have to crush anyone. With that strength. And that's why I like the idea of him being snuck up on in some way or uh, anything like that. Not a a face-to-face battle. Yeah. I kind of wanted to give... Maybe they should just, like, really lean into the fact that he looks like Darth Maul and give him, like... (laughs) A, a, dub, a double-sided yeah. staff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to twirl. Yeah. He, just, he just grabs another one of those javelins and he twirls yeah. it. And, like, twirls. And, just to, and just to make it easier on the inevitable, hey, this fight with lightsabers instead video that always happens no matter what <laughs> right. sword fight it is, no matter what movie or show, it always gets swapped out with lightsabers in uh, some sort of someone else's video. Yeah. <laughs> Barrack sword feels like it's essentially a lightsaber now. There used yeah. to be like a whole ritual ah. and some blood, and now he just lights it up whenever he yeah. wants to. Tell you, so. I was so disappointed that he didn't talk to John about that at all. I really want to oh. know if John can light a sword on fire with his blood. If it's yeah a thing, I two, don't know. That's okay. Two things about that. One, that might be someone who charges at Night King and dies because he already said we should do that. He yeah. pointed at him. Yeah, he pointed at yeah. him. That yeah. might be or that might be part of why Barak is still alive, so he can have a suicide charge at Night King. Second of all, did you guys see that that was not CGI? Those were yeah. actual flaming swords that had to be like yeah. recharged it does every two minutes. Surprise me when I look at yeah. remember they showed the filming of the um the dragon attack and they showed people on fire there and had a oh, yeah. fire. It was crazy how that long crazy. They, and like they were talking about how the people in the middle they were most worried about because it gets even hotter. And so, then they made you they made us like watch it as they counted yeah. it down. I was like, yeah. put them out, put them out. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> put them out. <laughs> Not to like go full plug on something, but um I have some friends who are gonna be selling merch at Con of Thrones and one of them did talk about he he can make a flaming sword because he's like, oh. oh you just need a little re- a little reservoir for the like lighter <laughs> fluid and like blah blah, blah. and I was like, wow. okay. Maybe sell that on the last day as people are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no one no hurts themselves. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. News flash con ends in fire. Yeah. No. <laughs> No ice to save the day. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Uh, that is amazing. That is. Uh, super chat from Change in Face. 
Missed you at Dragon Con, but happy to catch this. Yeah, we're sorry if we missed you there. It was, as you are aware, a very, very busy con. I think they cracked 80,000 this year, it's, yeah. It's wow. So, it's so packed, like, That's I can't. Cool. I mean, I guess you've been to, you've probably, you've been to Comic Con, right, Joanna? Yes, yeah. So, like, I'm sure it's, you know, comparable to that in size, but it's too much. <laughs> it is, it's gigantic. It's really, yeah, it's hard to meet people there. <laughs> uh, it takes me, like, the first day to just adjust to it all, yeah. to, like, being just this close to a bunch of people in costume. But it's, it's kind of fun, because it feels like Dragon Con, unlike, unlike Con of Thrones, which is, be- sorry, unlike uh, Comic-Con, which has become so, like commercialized and the studios like basically run everything and it's just one big PR event like Dragon Con yeah. still feels like much more connected to the fandom directly you know yeah definitely like, I mean plus Dragon Con is just I mean that's just a party con yeah it's yeah. just yeah it's just people are going wild They're like the wildest they'll be <laughs> someone said did someone Bernie the Burt just said did someone's stomach just growl? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Phone went off. No, I don't know. She also said, going to light this dab with a flaming sword. That's doing it right. That is doing it right. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Con is a little more evenly spread out amongst so many different fandoms, I guess. It's not just sci-fi or just comic heroes. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I don't know, Joanna, if you how much you even know about Dragon Con or people in general. Like I, I didn't know until a couple years ago. They have like a professional wrestling event there. You know what I mean? They, there's no, so I did many. not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. There's such a huge, wide range of variety of types of events and fandoms that are being appealed to, and a lot of it is just like groups of people that just want to do these different things that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with some some larger entity, like you were saying. It's not like just some. I'm sure there are like some funded and promoted things but there's all kinds of stuff that's just there's even things that just happen there that they that they're just happening every year and they just decide okay we'll just schedule this but like a drum circle happens every year just oh, people nice. show up with little tom-toms and little <laughs> percussion instruments and so like all right fine saturday night at eight o'clock that's the drum circle they just scheduled this <laughs> thing that was just happening anyway so yeah, that's yeah. really fun yeah, yeah. yeah i would love to go next year um we got yeah, to see mc chris this time he was there mm-hmm. was oh fun. nice yeah nice but uh, yeah, you should come next year. Uh, we'll be seeing if if you come, we'll be spending you know two weeks around each other. We'll have <laughs> be awesome. the week before. It's literally the world at week after, ten days after. Or oh something. my god! So it, it, it might right. be tight, but uh, I, I'm excited for a con month. So another uh, another person asking about my shirt here. This is uh, this says the North remembers. This is made by San Rixian, who I think is still in the chat, mm-hmm. and she's also a patron. Three Black Dogs is her Twitter handle, and she does a lot of uh, um, art. She's very talented. Yeah, she's coming out with some more shirts. Yeah, so this is the first time we've had her um, one of her shirts on our show, but uh, mm-hmm. it may not be the last. I think she <laughs> made one for me, too. It'll be coming soon. Oh, <laughs> she says, it's a shirt she made in combo with a company called Cotton Bureau. I can see her in the show. She is still in the chat and uh, answering, you know, filling out this detail here. Is that what great. you guys use? Yeah, we, we use Cotton Bureau. They're great. So that's a great yeah, shirt you have. They, they, they have this, hold is, up. this is comfortable, yeah. yeah. It will hold that, up to many washes. I think the <laughs> one I saw from you guys most recently was Tormund Lives. That's the shirt I saw. We have a, we have a to- Tormund Lives shirt and a uh, Missing Direwolf shirt, like a Where's Ghost uh, sort of shirt. So You know, I was yeah. going to make that comment a little while ago talking about the idea of uh, how George handles things versus how the show handles things. And I was thinking... George would have killed Tormund there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, George would have had other wildlings so that we're, you know, not worried about, like, so that we're actually worried about some of them. I mean, we just know the one. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting because now I want to, now I'm excited just for, like, 
if they ever use Ghost again, for mm. Jamie to meet Ghost because like <laughs> there was that great scene where um you know Rob and his direwolf were like menacing Jamie and stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's encountered a direwolf before in, in not great circumstances. So it might be fun to see him scared by Ghost or something. <laughs> Jamie's face down a direwolf and a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um I think that is our show for today. We've gone almost exactly the two hours we aimed at, so yeah. that's pretty cool. We will uh, see you guys next time. We've got some outro oh, stuff I, I to do. I wanted to mention one thing uh, right here, which was that I, people had mentioned in the chat last time that I should have a female-only live stream. Yeah. And we were going to try to do that on Wednesday and um, October, so comment with the people you want to have on. I was obviously going to be asking Joanna, but I just had forgotten. Uh, Me? Because uh, I haven't scheduled it. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Because you are also a woman. I am. It's no, it's true. not. It's not an episode where like going to be talking about like women's issues or anything. It's just an idea that I thought would be cool. Yeah, anyway, it would be fun. We're not gonna <laughs> plan plan Cersei's baby shower. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. And talk about feminism and uh, yeah. You know, has there <laughs> not even plus. just randomly, coincidentally, been one yet? Has there not been even a, just, a like, baby two? shower? No. Baby no. Shower. <laughs> Two, two women doing a podcast about Game of Thrones. No, there are. There's, there's, there's other, like there's other podcasts. Five. I don't know about that. There's okay. other podcasts where they have all-female casts, and there's podcasts where they have multiple women, but we ourselves have not had an episode without Aziz in it. So, not since one, yeah, of Western not history. since uh, like 2012 when neither none of us were in it. So very different <laughs> to not have him in it and just have yeah. a bunch of female guests. I'll just uh, I'll be the uh, the moderator for that. Yeah, he'll be in the chat. It'll I'll be get cool. on the old chat. Yeah, I wanted to the... give everyone a heads up just to comment with your favorite people that I can invite because obviously scheduling will be hard. So I, I'm trying to get like five people, maybe six people. See if you can get Shania Twain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. I want to hear all of Shania's thoughts on Game of Thrones. Damn. <laughs> Feels like a podcast. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Now I want Shania to start her own podcast. It's called Twain of Thrones. It's just just her and her friends talking about Game of Thrones. Or Twaincest. (laughs) Ooh, Twaincest. Twaincest. She needs like her sister or some other twain. Yeah. (laughs) Gross. Does she have a sister? Um, okay, well, thank you very much for coming today, Joanna. That was awesome. We this went as well as we could have hoped. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Tell please tell everyone again where to find what did I say? Your greatness <laughs> out on yeah. the internet and my greatness. Uh, you can find me on vanityfair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. You can hear me talking about pop culture in general on Storm of Spoilers or award season specifically on Little Gold Men. Right on. Very cool. 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 Where can we find your awfulness now? (laughs) (laughs) That's not on the internet. She smartly keeps that, you know, also kind of also on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That is that does describe Twitter (laughs) pretty well. It's a lot of awesome and a lot of awful. (laughs) You probably don't hit that lower extreme. Uh, so often but, I try uh, <laughs> I do try to be as awful as possible we so. all have bad days <laughs> cool well let me uh, give some other thanks to other people who helped out of course um, thanks to Ashea and Sean as well and thanks to everyone who came and watched this live thanks to everyone who shares it and hits the like button thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon or in any other of the many ways there are to support the show um, thanks to Michael Clarkfeld for our video intro outro. Thanks to Jesse Kowal and Joey Townsend for our music. 
and thanks to anyone else who I may have forgotten. So let's take care of our patrons here. I uh, want to definitely give thanks to the mysterious BR, Hand of the King. Um, Shea? And to Lord Michael Valerian, Knight of High Tide and Guardian of the DeLorean, Hand of the Queen. Can you oh. read that, Sean? Oh, uh, let's see, yeah. <laughs> Lady Suzanne Sinistral, the Lornet, holder of the left-handed Valerian steel, wait, Valerian shears called Penance. Hand of the Beard. Heck yeah, Hand of the Beard. Also, Lord Jim, the Fortuitous of Wars, Politics of Ice and Fire blog and Warden of the West. He has been steadily releasing episodes of his show, Two Wage War, which if you are a fan of obscure battles from a man who is has a military background, that is a great place to go. I really like his podcast. He has a lot of energy as well. Always a positive. Uh, Lord George Stormsville the Cunning is Lord of Chiliad and Warden of the East. Cabeth the Unfrozen is Lord of the Bricks and Castle Crimson Light, Defender of the Old Gods and Warden of the North. Lady Kelly McMath of Covington is Lady of the Villa Hills and Crescent Springs, Warden of the South. Lord James Tuttle is King of the Stepstones and Narrow Sea. Commander of the Royal Fleet, consisting of the Narrow Fleet led by flagship Caraxes and the Bloodstone Fleet led by flagship Prince Damon. Recently, there has been a bit of, a, of an excursion where he and our Corsair Queen of the Western Shivering, Western Shivering Sea, almost as hard to say as Irish wristwatch, Charlotte Ostra, commander of the Briny Fleet, whose flagship is the barnacle-encrusted violet-hulled Mercenaria, and she carries the nacre-inlaid shucking blade crass lover. That one's cool. Shucking blade is just a really cool term. Also, our small council, Lord James Inkblade, the Scholar Knight, is Master of Whisperers. Grand Maester Saria of the Barrows is Cinder of the Citadel. Lord Robert Jacobs is Master of Coin. Rosie the Clever is Master of Laws. Lady Dyerliz of Castle Naki is the Alpha Patron. Lord Dan of the Red Mountains is and Castle Great Bell is Breaker of the Second Stone and was in our chat today. Lord Skip of the Velt is Lord of Castle Ganges. Gregor the Toasty is Lord of the Breadfort. Alicia Everlasting of the Green Blood is Lady of Desert Rose. Lord Ryan of Castle Stonegate is Guardian of the Rocky Mountain Pass. Lord Garen de Havilland is of Devil's Hand Keep. Ashlyn Winter is the Hawk's Eye, Lady of Castle Skyfall. Lady Mikkel of Moonacre is leader of the Werewood Protectorate Alliance, and that is a reference to the Facebook game Game of Thrones Ascent, which is a really fun Facebook game, surprisingly well-developed, and that is a clan name there. Especially during the season when they release new episodes based on each episode. True that. I haven't kept up with the game, but I definitely had a long run of playing it and enjoying it. Uh, also, the Lord of the Halls of Castle Hillcrest is wielder of the Valyrian Steel Machete Everglazed. Lord Alistair Whitaker is Lord of the Dawnhold. Lord Bemmy Snuggle Bunny is Guardian of the Hidden Hundred Acre Werewood and holder of the Vorpal Snuggle Bunny. When you fear things cannot get worse, Vorpal Snuggle Bunny enters the fray. <laughs> Brian the Defender is Lord of the Spearfort and the Freelands, last scion of Clan McCulloch, motto Strength and Courage. The Bastard of the Wolfswood is First Forester of the Old Gods. He is sworn to House Ironwarewood. Motto, Listen for the Silence. Connor the Dungeon Master is Lord of Catamount Keep and Guardian of the Smoky Mountain Pass. Lady Baelish is Dark Widow of Harrenhal. King's Justice, Sir the Troy the Steady, is Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade Fate. Our Queen's High Council is Lady Jane of House... Celtigar, the Emerald of the Evening, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Axe, Painkiller, Mistress of Sea Eagles, and Mistress of Ships, uh, Lady Mai of House Swan, Mistress of Whisperers, Elia of Upstate, Master of Coin, 
Grand Maester Elizabeth, middle daughter, middle daughter of Lyanna Mormont, first lady to forge both the silver and Valyrian steel link, and Bold Betha of House of House Copperhook, still waters run deep, master of laws. Sean's Council of the Beard is led by Grand Maester Clark, protector of wisdom and beards. <laughs> And our, our King's Guard is led by Lord Commander Sir Christopher Dane of Starfall, Sentinel of the Torrentine. Ashea's Queen's Guard. It's led by Lord Captain Commander Hama Hellman, the Sellsword Sentinel. And has Lady Nymeria of House Sea Pertle. Alexander of House Atreides from the Seat of Dune. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Jane Grey. Becca the Bard, Songbird of the North, and Sir Eric Redbeard Odinson, wielder of Tempest, a monstrous warhammer. Our beard guard. Lord Commander George the Golden, Sir Joshua Oakheart the White Oak, Lady Rita of the Coppermane, the Unbound, Dance the Fervor. Look right here, Sean. And Sir Joff, Warden of the AC, wielder of Triad, the multifaceted beard of <laughs> Platinum. Red and brown. <laughs> Stay frosty. <laughs> Stay frosty, my friends. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I love that. And last but not least, the History of Westeros Night's Watch, which is commanded by Lord Commander Daenerys Flint of the Night Fort, uh, revenging the memory of Brave Danny. Also, she's first... one of my favorites, by the way. What's that? The, and all the, the names. Yeah, I like that one. That one? Oh, cool. All right. I, don't know, I just like the history of it. That's that is a good call. Yeah, I like that too. First Ranger Fabian Flowers is the Bastard of Greenshield. First Builder Patchface is of Motley Wisdom, and Sir First Steward Sir Jurion of the Torrentine is called Palewind. And that is that. Thank you again, everybody. Thank you, Joanna. Thanks, guys. And we will hopefully be back on Wednesday with our special guest. And if not, we'll be back shortly after. And again, our Blackfish episode records tomorrow and will be distributed over the course of the 10 days after that, roughly speaking. So be on the lookout for that as well. And we'll see you next time. Valar rewatch us. Valar reread us. 